to the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. It is Friday, November. Yeah. November. You know what? (laughs) The weather guy on our uh, local news channel said the same thing. November? November. November. And then he he came back and says, I don't know why I said November. So uh, there must be something. Maybe it's just a uh, a whatever. Folks, it is January 22nd, 2016. I am oriented to date, time, and place now. And we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we're heard live every weeknight, Monday through Friday. What a rookie mistake, by the way. From 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network, the place to be, as long as they'll have us. Unless I start saying we're in uh, some sort of time warp. Uh, folks, we're also simulcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live on our YouTube channel. Links to each audio and video venue accessible off of HagmanandHagman.com. And also, um, we don't give this number out a lot. If you want to listen by the by yeah, listen cell the telephone, yeah. the number is 605-475-8092. That's 605-475-8092. I was reminded to do that today by a listener who is, uh, talked with a number of truck drivers who listen to our show. Right, right. And, um, Actually, we, we've got we, we've got a whole a whole number of police officers that that have this playing in their in their patrol cars, uh, friends, friendly police officers that uh, know what's going on, and in fact they uh, they send us information that that we incorporate into the news headlines. So it's good it's good stuff, and uh, it, really we're thankful for the family of listeners we do have, and and we're ever so thankful to the to the allies and and the in the, in the war against the lies and the exposure of the truth. So thank you all. Now, folks, in case you don't know, new listeners, I'm Doug Hagman at the Helm, fellow investigator researcher Joe Hagman is to my right. Of course, if you can't, uh, if you're listening to this, you can't see it, but if you're seeing it, you can see him to the right. And, uh, you know, together we are the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Uh, Joe Hagman, of course, my son, Doug Hagman, the senior host, that's me. And, um, if we dig deep into topics that the mainstream Illuminati-controlled mass media won't. You know, tonight's program is a continuation of last night. We skimmed the surface on a couple of issues, on, on numerous issues last night, and really didn't get into well, one of the major things that we, we talked about last night was was the, the war on, on numerous fronts, but part of that was the war within the body, uh, the war within the, the um, community of truth-tellers. And it's really ramping up, and it's really getting ridiculous to the point where you've got to sit back and you've got to wonder, well, okay. And, and I would put myself in a position if I'm a listener, who do you, you know? Who do you listen to? Because there's so many now. It's like the wild west out there in terms of the internet. You've got so many different options. You've got so many different personalities. You've got so many different. Deliveries, modes, and methods, and and styles of delivery, 
And what we try to do is we try to bring integrity through truth and verification through our broadcast. This is what we attempt to do. And everything else is just glitz, glamour, and, and you know, but, but it's for a purpose. It's uh, The purpose is to grow. As we grow, we want to be able to provide you visuals. And, and Eric, the tech, and I were talking earlier, you know, that's going to become a reality here in short order. And within the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a dramatic, or uh, I don't want to use the word dramatic, you're going to see a significant change in a lot of things and how we do things. And that's a really great thing. So that means we're growing with your help, with your kind assistance, with your prayers, with your support. This is a great thing, and, and it can only benefit the listener. So, um, you know, that's that's the way it is. Uh, and, and it's great. It's great to be here. And, we again, we want to thank each and every one of our listeners, especially those who are new to the program, and welcome you in. Um, I want to wish uh, I had a meeting today with, with uh, our, our accountant bookkeeper um, who we're working with uh, to make sure, you know, as an oversight that, that we're doing things properly. Spent uh, a good a good number of hours with him today and uh, want to wish him well. He's leaving here at 1.30 in the morning for missionary work out of the country. He's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. And not something you hear from accountant. No, 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 not especially at this time of year. But but you know what? Um, I've known this this young man, young man by my standards, and um, I've known him to be a, a just a rock solid Christian and having Christian values and doing things right. And and, and and that's just one of the things. If we are to be good stewards, if we are and we are called to be good stewards, especially you know of um, our, our accounting is to God. And, and that's the way I look at it. And that's his philosophy, too. You know, you do things right. You do things, um, you make sure that, um, for example, you make sure that, that you can help people where, where, where they need help if, if you're in that position. You make sure that you, things are done properly and above board. You make sure that, that you, you're accountable to not just your, you know, yourselves, but you're accountable to the listeners. You're accountable to, to God, especially, and that's so. You know, it's refreshing to hear. And you're right, Joe. It's refreshing to hear that from from an accountant. But who cares about what we did today, right? Um, a lot of news today, and you know, this war on all, all fronts is kind of punctuated, if you will, Joe. I, I, I wanted to mention about the volcanic activity in Mexico, and one of the things I was reminded today about this. Is there? Uh, it was through. Um, I, I want to say David Wilkerson, but but that is not necessarily true. Talking about when you see uh, the evacuation of Mexico City, or when you see the evacuation or the the volcanic eruption that would cause a potential disruption in Mexico that would affect the Mexican Mexican economy, that seemingly starts some sort of clock uh, countdown, if you will toward problems globally and big problems, okay? With okay, so you're saying <clears throat> there was a, at some point you came across uh, something that said there was a, a pastor who, who stated these things? Uh, yeah, I, I want to say okay. David Wilkerson, but I, I know that is likely incorrect, okay? But if you if you put it in that context, so... What's you know, the volcano name? Boy, I'm not good at Spanish. So, um, uh, Poco, yeah, that thing. Catapete? 
Poco Catapetti. You, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not butchering the yeah, name. Yeah, the, the the volcano. It's it's the it's the obvious smoking uh, volcano down there around Mexico City that went 35 on. miles uh, from Mexico City, right, 20 miles right. from the nearby city of Puebla. It's right. in a mile high yep. plume of ash and smoke into the air, putting thousands of people. Right. Living within 10 miles of it on a yellow alert, being ready to evacuate should activity increase, and apparently that does activity has been increasing. It, it, it does look that way. And, and again, against the context of uh, the David Wilkerson uh, prophetic insights, uh, when you see this take place, you know that things are going to be happening in rather quick fashion. And, and, and uh, that's all. I mean... Um, uh, you look at this as a, a kind of a, a um, um, well, a period, a, 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 a bookmark in, in history, or um, more than a bookmark, but kind of like a signpost as you're traveling down the road. It would seem to me that this is something that we should be keeping our eye on. And, and the major effect is not necessarily the, the the volcano itself or the destruction of the volcano would cause. It's more the economic impact that it would have that would set the Mexican economy back, which would start a cascading series of cascading events that would affect the West. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And um, you might be right about David Wilkinson's prophecies about Mexico. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, uh, uh, but I'll look for it. And if I'm if I'm incorrect, you know, feel free to go ahead and correct me. But uh, but it, regardless, it doesn't really it it, it doesn't matter. The, the messenger doesn't matter. The message is what counts, and the message is, you know, when when you see these things happen, uh, then then perhaps we should be taking closer notice at not necessarily. Um, well, we should be taking closer notice at the the time, I guess. That's what that that that's the whole thing that we're that we're saying. And you know, we I, and it's interesting because it's becoming more and more difficult, folks. If you haven't noticed, uh, we it's becoming more and more difficult to really uh, triage the headlines because there's a lot of uh, fluff and chaff. Out there, not, fluffs might not might not be a good word because that the many headlines are um, inserted to divert one's attention, our our attention collectively from what the real big picture is. Right. When you, you talk know, about you know war, a war on all fronts. Um, yeah. We'll start with the spiritual aspect of it. There you go. You know, we have weapons to use in these wars. Uh, you know, we have the spiritual war and information war. Uh, going on right now and you know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal as scripture says um, you know we have the ability to discern and understand and that's as much as uh, the Lord will will show us and and uh, that deals with obedience and our relationship with him um, will determine how our uh, discernment and how accurate our discernment is that's and, right. um, you know in order to, uh, in second, I believe this is second chronic, no, not chronicles, Corinthians. Uh, for we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Right. Um, and there's many other references to battles in war in scripture from the beginning to the end, from Revelation to Genesis. Um, and we have the spiritual war, we have the spiritual weapons that are, uh, listed in 
uh, Ephesians where, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, and we have, as I said, the information aspect, which is also spiritual in nature because the Lord can help us in our understanding and our discernment in determining what is right from wrong, what is truth from fiction. And in the information war, all we have is truth and facts that we can use as weapons. Um, That's true. Yeah. And we have to understand that <coughs> as much as we don't want to be part of a war, we are being engaged at all well, levels. It, it, and so we, yeah, must yeah. Re-eng- we must engage yes. as well um, from a defensive position. Well, either either that or get mowed over. And, and the old saying, you know, duck or bleed applies mm-hmm. here. Okay, so um, anyway, I'd like to open up tonight uh, with, with what we uh, kind of left a little bit uh, yesterday we we touched on this and we 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 didn't really punch it home. But I, I'm going to reference a very good article from um, uh, cite heavily, I should say, from uh, a, a website called thegovernmentrag.com. And Jack Mullen, he's a contributing writer there. He he writes that the economic the U.S. economic collapse forecast 30 years ago has begun. And in case you you haven't, um, in, in our on our program we talk about. The magazine, The Economist, for example, we talk about that much. We talk about that a lot. Well, it, it's no longer debatable. It's no longer deniable that the collapse has begun. So everyone should be on a on alert for either a false flag event or a series of false flag events that would that's going to either distract or to cast blame on some patsy or some orchestrated manufactured enemy convenient for example now now here are some signposts along the way and this is kind of a recap of the week in terms of the economic news but let's just consider this now as kind of a summary um number one the baltic dry index is at an all-time low there are very few cargo ships at sea moving between nations. This uh, worldwide collapse, um, well, one could say that that at behind all of this, okay, lies the presence and exertion of influence by central bankings, by the central banks. Now, the Baltic Dry Index is based on a daily survey of cargo agents throughout the world. It's a not really a complex formula, but it has to do with the cost of moving goods. But the bottom line is... See, we were always told, you know, supply and demand is what drives the well, consumerism. It, well, that, it, but that's it, only to an extent as the yeah. people who, you know, share information about what is needed. Like Walmart has instituted a uh, plan or a uh, they've implemented the RFID system into their uh, inventory so if something is taken off the shelf and purchased it registers in the system and knows that right. it needs another one um, and a lot of grocery stores and, and uh, department stores have done this so where's the disconnect I guess or or is has the consumerism slowed down that much I don't believe it has slowed down that much to where the Baltic dry index should be as low as it is 
Well, and the, correct. So the, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. And this is a good observation that people, I, I think people are missing the point when, when we talk about this. In, for example, in the United States, um, we're looking at, um, a situation where it, it just doesn't pay. Really, it doesn't pay for the, um, or, or from throughout the West, it doesn't pay for the ships to move to bring the goods to to this country. Now, we reach an all-time low of the Baltic Dry Index. I mean, what was the last recorded? Um, uh, what was it, 355? Or that was yesterday. I had to check right, it today. Okay. But, well, the bottom line is this. You know, this is predicted 30 years ago, and I mentioned The Economist as I earlier. Well, 30 years ago, folks, if you if you recall The Economist, uh, from 30 years ago. Now we're talking, what, back in 1985-86, the cover of The Economist, and we've showed this before, get ready for a world currency. It was the picture of a, a what I would call a, a phoenix. A phoenix. Yeah, some say it's an eagle, some say it's a phoenix. You know, it doesn't really matter. What matters is the message, get ready for a world currency. Yeah, Norway's uh, largest bank calls for a total end of cash. That's news we're going to hit today. Right. And the Baltic Dry Index closed one point down from yesterday at 354. Okay. From 355 so, uh, yesterday to 369 on Monday. Okay. Well, and, and what I have up here on my screen is, is the cover of The Economist from 30 years ago. And it's, uh, in case the viewers out there haven't seen it, it's, it's pretty interesting. And it really is get ready for a world currency. And, uh, we'll just keep that up for a moment. Um, because I, I do have, uh, I do have some notes behind that. So, so there you've got that. So this is, people are looking at this and the majority of people in the, in the country, in the West, in the world, but specifically in America. They're looking at this as some sort of contemporaneous, sudden, and unexpected, perhaps even unavoidable event with respect to the economy. That's not the case. This is an orchestrated takedown. And, um, uh, I mean, this is, that's what this is. This is an orchestrated, uh, takedown. So, that's been planned for the last three decades, longer than that, but openly in, in the open. All right, so you got you got the Baltic Baltic Dry Index at an all time low. The um, you know in the United States, and again I'm citing heavily from the government rag. dot com, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing of course, but here in the United States, the financial collapse was actually. Uh, guaranteed when the Federal Reserve insinuated itself as a provider of American credit in the 1913 coup of our economy. And, and it, it's, it's always the case. Any system of currency or any system, any financial system of debt-based currency must always collapse. I mean, that's a given. And it's a criminal event. It's a method to drain wealth via interest payments until interest payments can no longer be in, be, be sustained. And there are other factors as well uh, that actually have an effect on the life of the currency, one's currency. And there's numerous historical accounts that anyone, any person of reasonable sensibilities can look at. So... However, one of the one of the more effective uh, prolongers of the U.S. dollar strength 
and the value of the dollar has been what? When, when they take away gold and, and silver from backing the dollar, well, what do you back it with? And, of course, the answer is, well, it's the petrodollar, it's of the course. the petrodollar. Right. It is the uh, ability of the American economy to continue to pay interest payments to the bankers. It is us as people and land uh, as collateral and the working capital um, as collateral to the debt. Right, right, exactly. And this is all a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, this is all a Ponzi scheme. Just like the the, the money is a manipulative Ponzi scheme to destroy wealth, so is this world the manipulative spiritual scheme to destroy um, the uh, righteousness and godliness that was given to us. Just as the money system is a counterfeit uh, object right. of debt, so is the spiritual aspect the world offers and we'll get into more than that later exactly and, and that's a very good um connection connectivity you know i was watching an on youtube video today um and it said to look up the definition of debt in the webster dictionary okay and when you look it up it's sin as the definition well, <laughs> which, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive those. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, exactly. There is, there's a direct correlation between debt and sin. And you know, folks, if you've been out there and you've, uh, uh, if you've lived long enough and you've had to borrow a substantial amount of money, we'll say from your parents or from a friend. Okay. What's substantial? Well, it doesn't matter. It's relative. But, or anybody, you become a servant. You you are now a servant to the lender, and and that's really one of the biggest problems. And in the Western world, whether you're listening to this in the UK or Australia, New Zealand, or wherever you might be, what happens is you are now subjugated to the lender, and and you are indebted to. In, in fact, you're being controlled by that. So, anyway, uh, but but the petrodollar right now, as we're looking at it, what's what's going on? Well, there is there the, the there are end arounds being conducted by Russia and China through the use of other than petrodollars. Okay, so as they set up systems outside of the IMF uh, control, World Bank control, um, where they have been trying to back their money up by gold, uh, Russia and China. The China. yuan has become China. an instrument of the central or the uh, reserve currency status uh, in the IMF this year. It has overtaken the U.S. on trade and overtaken the economy, uh, China's economy has, and is poised to become the, the uh, currency reserve status. Right. I don't know. I can't think of the term. But well, it, 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 the and we can go over this again. Yeah. But when you have the world reserve currency status as the U.S., we don't understand the the financial benefits it brings us in our everyday life, whether it's gasoline or food or our bills and, and mortgage right. payments. And, and you know what, Joe? There are, there are cheerleaders who will say, "Well, um, good. Let's take down. Let's take down the. I mean, it, good. Let's get rid of the Fed." Yeah. Through, through this, and but, they're not wrong, but you know. Well, no, 
In, the day the dollar loses its world reserve currency status, every price, the price of everything will instantly double at the very least. Right. From everything I've researched. Exactly. Plus, plus, you're, you're, if you think you're going to be free from a manipulated currency, you're wrong by merely getting rid of the Fed. No, no, no. What's going to happen is you have a larger Fed, so to speak, in the form of a, of the IMF and, you know, so it's, it's, you're replacing one Ponzi scheme with just a larger Ponzi scheme. And the game of manipulation was designed to maintain the, uh, well, the value, the virtue, the, uh, respectability of U.S. bonds, of the bond market, while holding the, the dollar, what it could purchase. So right now we're seeing oil producing countries, actually rebelling against the attachment of their assets to the value of the dollar. In other words, they're saying, well, no, 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 no. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to be compelled to, to sell our oil via petrodollars. Now, so, so now you've weaponized, as this has long been, oil has now become a financial weapon, a weapon of, of war. And, and again, you're looking at a weapon of war in the form of oil. Meanwhile, the, uh, the, uh, the, the real people who are disconnected from reality are, are enjoying the, the gas prices of the pump. That's fine. But understand everything comes at a cost. And the American debt right now, it, we've, look, America has reached critical mass when it comes to personal debt. The demand for debt has collapsed or, uh, uh, well, yeah, the, the demand for debt is collapsing. Uh, basically. Okay, the T-bond face values, they're beginning to crumble. Yields are starting to rise. The, what all of this means is we are seeing really kind of the chain stoking of the U.S. dollar. Now, how long this can last, when I use the term chain stoking, of course, I'm re- referencing a, uh, uh, medical term, you know, that, that, that a person, if you've ever seen a person pass away, um, they go, oftentimes, they will engage in what's called chain stoking, and that's, uh, a, a series of irregular, shallow breaths, and then death is, you know, death is imminent. Um, that's what we're seeing here with the U.S. dollar. And, and that's the, don't forget Kyle Bass had talked to, uh, I believe it was, Geithner, who said, we're just going to kill the U.S. dollar, and again, this is part of it. This is all part of the bigger picture. And, and, and you know, the, the globalist Luciferian elite have um, they have engaged. This has been talked about so for, for years, and as, as indicated, as on the screen again, the cover of the Economist from 30 years ago. This has been talked about. This has been pushed in our faces for years. We have been programmed. There, predictive programming scriptwriters out there, um, to take us through this currency collapse and rebuilding. You know, look, we are headed for a third world nation status for the United States with a currency that will become worthless. A tremendously gutted and exported manufacturing base. You know, 
what did uh, what was this mass exodus and you you know people make fun of 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 uh Ross Perot when he said you know that giant remember that giant sucking sound with mm-hmm. NAFTA and GATT? Well, he was not wrong. And I, I recall people talking about this. The, the talk show host thinking, uh, and, and I fell for, you know, I fell right into this narrative myself where, okay, yeah, um, oh, Ross Perot is just being Ross Perot. He's just, an, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. NAFTA, good. It's for good for the global economy. No. Well, you know what's going on right now? Look at the unemployment figures in the USA. Look at, look at every, every number that is provided by the mainstream captured corporate media has been munged, uh, spoofed. Look, the Office Max, four, and Office Depot, 400 stores, gonna be, gonna be shuttered this year. Or soon, Walmart. Yes, Walmart. What? Almost five hundred stores. Yeah, and McDonald's, you, Barnes and Noble, Children's uh, Place, Walgreens. Okay, some of the the, the, the clothing stores you were from American Eagle Outfitters onward, uh, Pier One, Macy's. Okay, Kmart's. Well, we knew we knew about them. Uh, pennies, Hallmark. I mean, I can, the list goes on target. Look, folks, what, what we're seeing here is the orchestrated takedown of the American economy. Now, the question is this, can we, can we, can we survive? And, and I think the answer is yes, but these, you know, what we're going to get at the other end of this, we, is going to, we can survive by, by adapting, but how do you adapt? Well, certainly you cannot adapt by, um, inviting in and uh, acquiescing to a world currency or a world system of finance that would require allegiance to a, you know, the mark of the beast or the mark of the beast itself. So we are being forced now. We are being forced, in my in my view, uh, and being readied to uh, 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 through predictive programming, through brainwashing. We're being ready to to uh, uh, to be pushed into this system of uh, this one world order, one new world economic order, and that's it. I mean, that's where we're at. That's on the economic front. The war we are facing on the economic front. And I, we could, we can go, you know, even deeper, but I think the show that uh, Steve Quayle and Ross Powell did on Tuesday, was it Tuesday? Yeah. Monday. Monday, Monday, I'm sorry. I, I think that speaks of volumes, uh, and, and Ross Powell's, uh, observations as himself, as a, um, and as an economist, I think that speaks of volumes as to, as to what's taking place. So th- th- there's the war on that front. But, you know, all through this, and, and one of the things in preparation, and I was, I was looking at this during the, during the night or early, early morning hours. Um, when I was at home, I, I cracked open a few books and I was sitting by a, by a little fire that, that I had. Um, yeah, in a fireplace, not on, like, you know, not in the middle of the room. Uh, but, but, I was going through some material and I was getting edgy here or, you know, getting concerned. I'm thinking, well, what's the, you know, what's the thread? What's the golden thread here? And, and you know, the other question I had, Joe, 
and maybe let's have a discussion here. In order for the globalist Luciferian elite to be able to pull this off, um, what's the golden thread? And, and I'm going to the, the to, to pull off the entire takeover of the country from within. What's the what's the golden? Well, they've already here? done that. Um, well, yeah. As far as but to, for us to accept it so readily, that's a great question and something that I've um, to embrace and it. forth in my mind about you know think about nine eleven, um, how those towers were were destroyed and then brought down. Uh, now we have a a new tower standing in its place with a new name. Um, Yes, so the one freedom tower, right? The question I guess I'm, I ask is, um, you know, when we read certain scriptural, uh, when we read some, especially me, when I read, go through the Old Testament and the Old Testament prophets, Obadiah is one. It's a one chapter book where yes, uh, it talks and, about, and that's a Satan. good book, by the way. And, and you know, the. It says, Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen, thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the cleft of the rock, whose habitation is high, and say in their heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and thy set thy net among the stars, nest among the stars, thence I will bring thee down, saith the Lord. Um, I wonder if the way that 9-11 happened is the way that we're going to see this new world order ushered in. If we're going to see a... Um, massive destruction of the current order as keeping the Hegelian dialect in mind you know problem reaction solution the problem is the old world order the solution is the new world order um, will they come bring it crashing down to where we have an economic and, and you know a collapse and, and no communications available for a sustained period of time, leaving people to basically fend for themselves and fight a internal civil war against themselves for survival, to bring back a order um, into the nation where, and this could be worldly, it could be a, a nation thing, but America, I think, needs to be brought down and be powerless militarily and economically before the new world order is brought in. I hope I'm wrong as far as the way them having to, to bring it down, destroy it, and and bring in the new order that people will, as you said, not only uh, accept, but if that, if my theory is right, beg for those left alive will most likely beg for it. Hmm. But, which is which is really a a, a problem. In a, I mean, I guess the question that we have to ask ourselves is: as Satan trying to steal the souls of men, what would be the most uh, efficient and productive way for him to steal men's souls while at the same time implementing the new world order? Instead of leaving martyrs, right, and that's interesting. Uh, interesting by itself. You know, I, I was directed by a, a, a listener who sent me a link, and and I, I don't have the email in front of me, but I want to thank that listener um, to a mini series. And I don't know how many people remember this mini series. You, you have to be, you know, s- somewhat older. Um, on February 15th of 1987, a 13-week miniseries titled America with a K um, began. Okay, it's a 13-hour 13, 13 miniseries. And again, it was America with a K. It starred Chris, Chris, Chris Christopherson and other 
from stars. Now, I wonder how many people remember that. And, and, and here, the gist of America, that miniseries, was, and this was, this was done by CBS, I believe it was, and, um, um, it was about a post takeover of America. Okay. Now, I didn't have the time to watch all 13 hours of it. I do recall the, at the time, I do recall some of the information that was, was talked about it. I do recall the, the, I recall that time period, 1987. I recall the, the, the hubbub about the series. But it was about America 10 years after a nonviolent takeover by the Soviet Union and the United Nations. And it went into, as I watched parts of it, it went into, and from memory too, um, it went into the uh, psyche of the Americans who were living under this oppressive Russia, uh, uh, this control by Russia and by the United Nations, where, just imagine this, you're living in the heartland of America, and, you know, you your job, or for example, you're a farmer, okay, and you've got farmland and crops and abundance of everything and um, so imagine 10 years after such a takeover where yeah you might have that farmland it belongs to really to the state but you 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 have to manage that farmland but you're starving not only you but your community is starving you go into a local restaurant and, and you can't even there's not food to be had or the food is substandard by any by any uh, stretch of the imagination and the reason I mentioned this is because the, what I thought was interesting at the time this nonviolent takeover there was no explanation for it it just happened and again we are talking a decade later that's when the series started America 10 years after this this nonviolent takeover and toward the end of the movie, uh, of course, there were some Americans that uh, posed a resistance and fought back. That they were probably futile in the movie. Well, you know, yeah, and I'm not going to give away the ending in case, you know, there's no spoilers here. But, but you know, some of the statements that were made really kind of struck home with me. And the the people at the end were, who were fighting or were objecting to the system of tyranny under which they were uh, you know, oppressed were saying, where were you? Okay, the, the people who were complaining about the, you know, the tyranny they were living under, well, where were you when you could have made a difference? What were you doing when you could have, when you could have made a difference? You were too busy worrying about yourself, worrying about your career at, in government, for example. Worrying about becoming reelected, folks. You get the idea, mm-hmm. and that's that. Really, you talk about prophetic, and that again. This is not thirty years ago. Pretty much at the same time, or in the same time period, that that Economist cover came out. Okay, so we're seeing a pattern here. We are being brainwashed, and I go back to the brainwashing. And if you don't mind me, uh, until the until the end of the show, I just want to. I just want to tell you that as I mentioned earlier. You want to take from now to the end of the show for yourself? May I? I mean, I can go now. <laughs> the end of the show or the end of the hour? Which one? Which what did I say? End of the show. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. 
Uh, just for the next few minutes, I guess. Um, uh, when, when I was when I was this morning, I I, I just I was fitful. I couldn't sleep, and I and I grabbed some books and and uh, I sat with my dog, who looked at me and was saying, "Really, you're going to pull an all nighter at your age?" Anyway, um, I have trouble in my age even trying yeah, to do that. Um, which wasn't my intent, but that was pretty much the uh, what happened. And so, so, I mean, it was, it was nice. Uh, we had a little, we have a small fireplace and a small dog and, I mean, it's no big deal. So I'm sitting there, my wife is sleeping and I'm sitting there, I'm going through these books and, and, uh, uh, when I say books and in, in comparing them to the headlines of today in preparation for tonight's show and, and Joe, you had mentioned last night that we should do a continuation of what we did yesterday. And I was in full agreement because we didn't really get into the depth. You know, we, we, we hit the, uh, the width a little bit, but not really as much as we should have, but certainly we, we neglected the depth. So anyway, as to, to make a longer story short, I, I came across this common thread and the common thread is, is perception. And it's it's not just it's it's not only perception of the American people, but it is the uh, it's well we'll just stick with perception right now. The perception that everything is normal and it can't happen here. The perception that we are the the fact that we as Americans and we in the West and I speak for people in 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 the UK and I speak for people in, in Australia New Zealand those people I've heard from directly in other countries even South Africa and Canada who believe that that what we talk about yeah it could happen but I don't believe it's going to happen all right. Well, where does that belief come from? On what do you, on what basis do you adhere to that belief? And when I started digging into the, and, and again, you know, you've got to be able to, to step away from the trees to see the forest. You've got to take a bigger picture look at everything. And I do believe that the, uh, the impetus or, or the cause for what has been going on here, how Americans have been made gullible to believe the lie, the, yeah. to, believe, to have been made gullible to believe when when uh, these, uh, like St- Stephen Colbert and Bill Maher, come on and say, you know, everything is, basically everything is fine, and that, and that kooky conspiracy people like us are just uh, pushing this, this level of fear that's, that's irrational. Well, what people... Um <laughs> have their perception altered and then they continue to alter what yeah. is actually going on around them um, uh, yep. having themselves a, a twisted uh, perception of things to fit their own belief system to fit an agenda or something that they wish or hoped for uh, it was the way they hope it was a certain way when it actually is another way but yeah. Because of that hope, there. Um, well, that's a normalcy bias, but it's punctuated by this, this uh, Norman Rockwell stuff. Yeah, go ahead. He wrote a, a paper um, with an Adrian Vermeule titled okay. "Conspiracy Theories." Yes. And the introduction it says many millions of people hold conspiracy hold conspiracy theories. They believe powerful people have worked together in order to withhold the truth about some important practice or some terrible event. A recent example is the belief in widespread in some parts of the world that the 9/11 attacks were not carried out by Al Qaeda, 
but by Israel and the United States. Those who subscribe to conspiracy theories may create serious risks, including risks of violence, and the existence of such theories raises significant challenges for policy and law. And I find that statement very interesting because <coughs> he says, again, those who subscribe to conspiracy theories may create serious risks, including risks of violence. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is in the same sentence. And the existence of such theories raises a significant challenge, raises significant challenges for policy and law. Right. Those two things have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Well, I don't know anybody uh, who has... Think about it, though. No, 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 no. no. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you The first part again. Conspiracy theories create serious risks, including the risk of violence. Then the existence of these theories raises challenges for policy and law. Well, only to the extent that those people who are awake, and and, and I can see where I believe, if I I can't speak for Cassidy, nor nor do I wish to, but uh, I can see where um, uh, uh, once a conspiracy, and and I I know this from my experience as an investigator, when you delve into an investigation and you uncover a conspiracy, and believe me, the definition of a conspiracy is, is any two people two or more people engaged right. in a plan that's criminal so in we, nature. We okay, have to understand, right off the bat, the term conspiracy theory is uh, a theory about um, two or more people carrying out some kind of crime or working together. Um, right, right. So it's very vague and right. broad. It can cover you and me. Um, say we wanted to... Rob a bank. Create, okay, Rob a, Rob a bank. Well, no, anything criminal, I, or or to defraud, you know, the, an insurance company, or to, to to defraud, or to shoplift. I mean, by conspiracy by definition, yes, right. that's a, You and me want to go and do, steal a candy bar from a, a local convenience store. It's actually in in what they call an inchoate crime. Okay, if you want to look at this, an inchoate like crime. In cahoots? No, inchoate. I n c h o a t e. Inchoate crime. It, it is meaning that. In and of itself, it needs another com- another crime to to be uh, to be charged, so chargeable. So, um, well, maybe that's not an inchoate crime, but regardless, with cons- with criminal conspiracy, you've got to have um, an objective. Of course, you've got to, for example, you're conspiring to steal, you're conspiring to. Uh, okay. Commit arson. You're conspiring, conspiring well, just, to murder someone. If we look at this okay. from a spiritual perspective, from what the Bible tells us, um, there is a spiritual conspiracy of, yes. of evil spiritual beings and humans who adhere to these evil spiritual beings working against God and His people. Very much so. And and that's an often overlooked conspiracy, especially in the new media by people who are just merely secular and not looking at current events through the the prism of biblical prophecy. So I guess what I'm saying, okay, in in this case, and what we're saying in this case is, and this is another component of the war on all fronts, You've got this 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 conspiracy that does involve the spiritual, and I've never been more convinced that this is active than today. And I'm I'm not meaning today today, but I mean in the current realm. You know, Joe, um, I, I have to give you a lot of credit because you did have patience with me. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, sometimes I'm a stubborn guy, and I know that you guys out there would never believe that I'm stubborn, right? 
Okay, I'm sure she'd never or hard headed. Okay, I I'm, I know. All right, but but no, um, and, and this proves that you know an elder can learn from a younger person, and I have to give him a lot of credit because he would talk when when I when I would talk. For example, when we were on cases and we were traveling and we might have to travel 300 miles, either, you know, start smacking each other with, uh, you know, with things or, or, you know, anyway. But he, you know. I actually thought about how I missed those days not too long ago and couldn't believe it. You know, it's interesting because, um, because we, the spiritual component is often overlooked in the, in the, uh, we'll throw out the words Luciferian globalist or Luciferian globalist elite. But, but we do so with, with such, um, uh, how oh, such, it's so casual that we really don't pay close enough attention to the, the spiritual component. And, and you can hear, and I don't know, Bill O'Reilly, um, Butch Maddow, Rachel Maddow, um, um, Anderson Cooper or, or any political pundit, whether it's on the left or right, talk about different issues. And, and they do so with, with, uh, obviously with, with a bias and agenda, regardless of right or left, you know, uh, politically. But what's missing from all of that, all of those people, and even on the radio, the, what's missing from all of that is the biblical component. And that's the most important precept and we, of, of, of what's the, Absolutely. And we, we mention it and we talk about it. Um, we try to understand it. I know I'm continuing to try to understand it as difficult as it may be and as simple as it may be at the same time, if that makes sense. But, but, but to your credit, you you were always the one that you would always say, look at the, and I'm not, I mean, not, this is not word for word, but look at the, look at what's behind the, these events in the spiritual context. And that's what we're forgetting. And, and you know, um, one person who really, um, re- really understands this, and we've had the pleasure, and I've had the pleasure of, I've had the pleasure of actually working cases with Russ Bizdar, and you've, you know, we both have had the pleasure of spending time with him. And, and Russ, are, you know, working cases with Russ, okay, now, uh, I'm an investigator by profession, uh, and, and, but when you work cases with Russ, it's all about the spiritual conspiracy. And, and I want to throw that out there because to, to give him, uh, credit. And, and so you bringing this in as well in terms of, you know, you pulling this in to the conversation. So th- there's this, really the satanic component to this Luciferian elite that we so casually just re- reference and not really get into. And we really need, uh, we really need to, to understand the, the, well, the spiritual battle that's at play. Absolutely. How many, how many people think that, um, how many people think that there are things that are left up to chance? I mean, I know people have free will to make decisions. Right. Um, but what's left up to chance as far as the whole control system of the planet from the beginning to the end, from the days of Noah till today, from the beginning, from, you know, before man was on the earth, we had fallen angels, and before men fell, the angels fell, and right. angels tempted man and made them sin, and not made them, but uh, man sinned because of the fallen angels. There has there has always been a, a confederacy, a league, or a covenant of evil plotting against those who are good and, and wanting to be good. At the same time, you know, it's hard to, 
I mean, you can understand it, but it's hard to also wrap your mind around it, what it says in Isaiah 45. And let me pull it up here. Um, where, and I'll paraphrase it before I find it, where the Lord says, I have created uh, the good and the evil. Um, well, okay, you don't even have to, I mean, Isaiah 45, folks, you know, look that in your Bibles. But one thing, and this is important, for, I really want to get this in before I before I forget about this. Um, in my meeting with, with the uh, accountant today who came to the office, I met him at the office, and I pulled in, and and uh, um, it was like two minutes, and man, you know, he's right there. And again, this is a Christian man. He's he's listened to our program. Uh, he likes our program. In fact, he where he works, they pipe their program in, like in the afternoons and stuff. Anyway, um, the reason I mention this is because this was so. I, I believe. I mean, I got divine confirmation that that this man is like really the right guy for the job, and how this all fits together. Hang in there. I'm, I'm bringing this around. We were talking about current events as we were leaving the building, and, and as I opened the door, and I had my my studio dog with me, and and uh, she jumped on him, and I told her to get down, and and uh, I I said, boy, sometimes things are just so chaotic, you know, and now two hours, I had to put it in perspective, I had, I had gone, got some coffee, came back, but before. Before I left, I was writing. Uh, I put a, a word document on my or a blank word uh, sheet on my computer, and I was going to do an article. And I thought the first thing I thought of was orchestrated chaos. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to write an article, and it's going to be called orchestrated chaos. Okay, so then I kind of forgot about that totally, and we were then I had the meeting, and, and my dog, and we were uh, two and a half hours later. Uh, I was walking him, walking out with him, out of the office dog lady jumped on him <clears throat> and um i said boy sometimes things get just so you know everything is happening all at one time he looks at me and you know what he said to me what's that i was hoping you'd say i know but anyway he said yeah it's orchestrated chaos and i said what did you just say to me he said orchestrated chaos I so see. where's your article? Because you, to me, that's a confirmation. You're well, right, right? okay, even the best intentions. Um, that that was uh, that was it. I think no, I was I know what you thirty, and, and then all of a I sudden, know you, you know, yeah. everything went sideways. Really, but you but, shouldn't but, give but up see, on that article. Though, but but the, but I told him. I said, do you realize what in two words what you just said is the is the title of the article I was preparing to do. And I, and trust me, we never, the, the words orchestrated chaos never came up in the conversation. You think that's divine? I do. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Friday, January 22nd, 2016. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. Interesting di- discussion going on tonight. And more comment. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday edition. Today is January 22nd, 2016. This is Hour 2 of the Hagman and Hagman Report, coming to you live from northwest Pennsylvania, where we are just south of all this... Uh, north, north, north. I'm sorry, <laughs> south. The snow is south. We are north of the storm. That's right. So, well, we got our three feet. Yeah, this week the first, earlier. The first, actually, the first three weeks of uh, January. You know what, folks? I, I want to mention um, there's so many great companies that, that, that are part of our um, sponsorship, if you will, of this program. Block It Pocket. Have you heard of Block It Pocket? It's spelled just like it sounds. Block It. You know, Block It. B-L-O-C-K-I-T. Pocket. Block It pocket.com now my wife uses this I, I, simply because I don't have a cell phone I refuse yeah, you got one you just no, keep well, it off in a shelf somewhere it, it, it came with you see it came with the because we're we're a business it came with it's a long story but you have one but you don't I don't use it I don't use it I, I refuse to use it okay because I don't I just want to I I just don't use it. But anyway, my wife uses Block It Pocket. Okay, now, you know, when you're you've got to be very careful with these new iPhones because it's very easy for your information to be stolen from you. And I see more and more people doing commerce with their phones. Yep. Okay. Now, the, iPads, phones, all, right. Yeah. And all, a lot of that information is resident on your phone. And I uh, we get intelligence bulletins from various government entities, and we pass along the information in this program when it's relevant. All right. Well, Blog at Pocket is simply this: it's a it, it's a it's a pouch that you can put your your uh, I say cell phone, but apparently that's the wrong word now. It's iPhones or whatever smartphones into these pockets. And you can protect your data and privacy while you're, you travel. Yeah. It, it protects your private data and information. You can put not only your phone in there, as you said, your wallets, your cards. They're, yep. you know, yep. they're multi-sleeved, um, and they are very handy. Now, I have a, a blocked pocket, and I don't use it. You know, I, I'm always in a hurry. I, I don't think about it. I think I even have it. Well, shame on you. Shame on you. Right, and I and I should use it. Um, Yes, because more and more, and and I say this because more and more. I had a a checking account recently. We had to close down and and redo because of of online fraud. Um, Yes, and we don't know where that breach came from. So, well, even more importantly than that, how's your health? Well, the uh, Blocket Pocket has shields for your phone. I mean, to prevent the radiation. For example, and we're seeing now results. Remember those bricks back from the late '80s? And in fact, I carry one around with me. I had one in my car because, again, you know, you're you're an investigator. You need to be in touch. Well, block it, pocket. They've got block it pockets, block it notebooks, block it pockets. So you know, so you don't get the radiation on your, your around your head. Block it blankets. You've got to check out blockitpocket.com. Blockitpocket.com. We're we're really, I mean. Hot. If you have a cell phone, if you if you have a laptop, if you yeah. if you have a notebook, look, folks, this is the best investment you can make. Block it, pocket, and I just want to make sure that everyone is aware of that. And I want to say this too. I saw a first episode of a show on Netflix called Person of Interest. 
Yes. And yes. What yes. caught my attention about it was the it's a, based on this machine that spits out social security numbers uh, where violence happens around this yep. social security number. But the that's not what was important about what I saw. It was the ability and how they use the surveillance system uh, as a whole. You know, from the street cameras to um, using your cell phones and computers as microphones, whether you know it or not, whether they're on or not. Yep. Um, using backdoor channels of, of TVs. We know the new smart TVs have, and the old cable boxes even from 10 years ago had cameras and microphones that were installed inside of them. Just about everything, there is nothing really this private anymore unless you stand inside of your own Faraday cage that you built for yourself and and uh, are, ta- is, are talking to someone. Word of mouth, as the big new Brzezinski says in, in that book, Autocracy, Dictatorship, and Totalitarianism, word of mouth is the only true clean form of communication and even that um and, and you know spotty. joe and i have had the occasion where we're talking with individuals and and we we've had this happen um yeah let's go let's talk and here's what we do you know you put your you put your cell phones if you have them and, and you put them oh, away yeah. and and you'll some people leave. you talk to they want you know you collect the cell phones when you come in and, yep and, and 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 you 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 only talk about important matters way out you know in as you're walking down the uh the path we'll say path, you know in a rural area and, and that's the only guarantee of privacy now the other a couple of other companies i just want to mention this because I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm mentioning this because I believe in what I'm talking about here. I'm, I'm not getting. There's no payment here, okay? Uh, family essential shop. You talk about uh, uh, essential oils. Where, you know, where does my wife go, uh, for example, when she's looking for essential oils? FamilyEssentialShop.com. That's Family Essential EssentialShop.com. Katie Whelan, and uh, she has a great website for essential oils you can call her her phone number is on there you can email her if you have any questions at all about essential oils go to familyessentialshop.com another company uh, americansurvivalwholesale.com folks you've got no idea what chance and his wife and what the entire team of um, Mm -hmm. american survival wholesale do for people the Bible Drive, the the Help Veterans Outreach, the uh, people who can't afford food. Uh, now, I'm not saying that to say, hey, if you're in need, call them. No, I'm saying these people are Christians, and and I'm just so proud of them, proud of them, because how many people really put their money and their actions where their mouths are? Well. American Survival Wholesale, they do just that. And that alone should tell you about the character and integrity of American Survival Wholesale. And one more before we move on. You know, healthmasters.com. And I've got a couple of emails here recently uh, about uh, healthmasters.com saying, well, one person says, well, do their supplements really work? Of course they do. See, we don't talk about any company or any product or anything that we haven't tried ourselves. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, you're just biased, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, Ted helped you and in, uh, in, in you're um, getting your blood sugar regulated. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I am. Because you know what? It works. Uh, it, 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 he, he, he helped me. And you know what was more important? 
I've read testimonies from listeners who've written to me and said, thank you for turning me on to Health Masters because they really restored my health. Numerous, numerous, numerous emails and all sorts of different uh, problems. And I, I just, I'm really, really, really proud of the people that we have behind us, which leads me to what I'm going to say next. You know, we have right now, we're building, rebuilding, relaunching the Christian marketplace. Okay? Time is short. Time is so short right now. Man, you know, when Steve used to tell me time is short, I used to kind of chuckle and laugh and say, okay, you know, be placating. Half believing it and, and half thinking, oh, we got a lot more time. But what I've seen lately, folks, is we don't have that much time. And soon Christianity, Christian businesses are going to be penalized for uh, their their stance and their belief on uh, on things like homosexual marriage and and uh, abortion. Well, y- you've heard of Angie's List, you've heard of uh, whatever Work Advisor, or uh, these various websites. But what about what about a website that that can offer you exposure as a Christian owned business and how about everybody being in one place where um, for example you can go to the Hagman marketplace and it's off of it's off of the uh, it's really not the Hagman I really don't like the name Hagman marketplace it's really a Christian marketplace it's not ours it's um, it's the people who have who have really decided to, to say hey you know I, I like the idea and I want to thank everyone who signed up and, and, and really stuck with us through the initial phases of this. And it, we're trying to figure out what to do and how to do things. And, and we're, we're getting down to the, you know, we're getting things worked out. We're getting the kinks worked out. But if you go to HagmanHagman.com on the top menu there, you'll, you'll see a link to the Christian Marketplace. It's really simple. Go ahead and, um, um, go ahead and, uh, um, click on that link. And uh, go ahead and click on the link and uh, uh, check it out because I'm going to tell you something. It's really, it's really important that Christians and that at this time we stick together. So just do check that out. Now, Joe, I'm going to turn this over to you, and you go ahead and, uh, and and let's go through some headlines here because let's get back to the news that we've got. Let's talk about the the war on all fronts. Let's talk about what we're seeing right now with respect to the war on all fronts. And I'm going to turn it back over to you. And I think it's important, really, that we we do this. And the backdrop here, the backdrop, because after you're done going through some of the more important aspects of this, what I want to do is I want to provide to, to the listeners that golden thread that is tying all of this together. All right. All right. So if that's all right with you, I would really like that. Because I think the golden thread here that's tying everything together is really the key that a lot of people are missing. And you might, you know, it's it's important to kind of connect the dots. Well, um, all right, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, Paul McGuire and a few other people had sent us this link, the link to this story that is on WorldNet Daily. Elites pouring billions into gene therapy research. And as I said, this is on WorldNet Daily. Scientists have been quietly working for decades to crack the genetic codes that allow humans to live forever or at least significantly longer. 
judging by the bits of information that are beginning to leak into the mainstream of human discourse, the idea may no longer be far-fetched. Stuart King Kim, a genetics professor at Stanford University, recently appeared on Fox Business News speaking about his work in the field of gene therapy. Kim said the scientific community is close, about 10 years off to developing a gene that could allow humans to live 100 or even 110 years of age. I have a lot of faith in the scientists in this world. They're very creative and doing amazing things. 10 years is a long time. 10 years ago, we didn't know about this thing called CRISPR, Cas9, gene splicing technique, which was completely rewritten the rule book. Another 10 years, and we'll have more discoveries that aren't even foreseen right now, and things will become possible. All the incentive to live longer and slow down the aging clock is enormous. So if it even starts to become possible, I think there will be a time to get it done. That is the uh, Stuart Kim, a genetics professor from Stanford University. He also appeared on Fox Business News, and the video is there. Um, the article goes on to say, But those who have been following the developments in this realm of science don't believe Kim was divulging everything he knows about the true state of anti-aging research. Some obvious ethical questions posed by such advances in biotechnology were not even broached by Kim or his Fox interviewer. First off, if the day comes when a gene is available that is capable of extending human life by 30 years, as Kim says is close to happening now, who would be eligible to receive these treatments and who would pay for it? Would it be covered by insurance plans, etc.? It goes into... Uh, I think people are smart and will come to conclusions by themselves. The average person hears this and will say, my insurance would never pay for aging gene therapy. They're right, says Paul McGuire, a Christian author who addressed man's quest for immortality in several of his books, including A Prophecy of the Future of America, Mass Awakening, and The Babylon Code. The research into life-extending biotechnology would seem to be at odds with the current trend in another field of science, that of automation and digitization, which are rapidly replacing the need for humans in the production of good services. Um, current trends would indicate that the elites are seeking ways to reduce population growth, not increase it. The theme this weekend at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, is the fourth industrial revolution, with elites trying to figure out how to prepare for life in a world where technology will eliminate 5 million jobs by 2020, with millions more being eliminated over the next decade. The president, President Obama, just announced the government will invest $4 billion in the Department of Driverless Vehicles while self-checkout lanes... You saw already, how well that worked out, right? Yeah. Well, self-checkout lanes have already eliminated the need for cashiers, ATMs, eliminated bank tellers, and robots are eliminating factory workers at breakneck speed. If human longevity increased from its current span of a 78 years for a Western man and 80 for a woman to say 100 for men and 105 for women, who would support their retirement? Who would pay for their Medicare? One of the main criticisms of Obamacare and the government-sponsored health programs is there are no incentives to keep the elderly alive. They will increasingly be seen as useless eaters who will, whose fate will be decided by bureaucrats, such as death panels, um, which have already been admitted as being true. But what if there are a two-tiered system, one for the elites and the another for the rest. McGuire says it is good bet that some degree of secret age-defying treatments are already available and being used by the very secretive and selective patients. Dr. Kim says it's 10 years off, and that's baloney, says McGuire. Can I prove it? No, but the reality is they are doing anti-aging treatments secretly already. We already know the Defense Department is mixing animal DNA with human DNA in an effort to create super soldiers. Their super soldier program is public knowledge, and they've admitted 
it to one degree or another that they're developing soldiers with super strength, night vision. We also know them experimenting with implants that will allow soldiers to turn off pain, giving them a power high when they're exhausted. So, of course, they would be experimenting with aging. This is admitted by a doctor right here on Fox News. The fact that many of the world's top elitists seem to recover from diseases that proved deadly for so many regular folks is no is not lost on researchers like McGuire. What do men like David Rockefeller, Kissinger, Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush, Bob Dole, George Schultz all have in common? They're all over 90 and still working at least part-time. Uh, it goes for Rockefeller, Kissinger, Carter. They go through the whole list. But following the money uh, is what McGuire uh, continues. It's the old adage that is true if you want to decipher future trends, follow the money. And it that's, should not be right. surprising that anti-aging treatments were developed at hyperspeed. Some of the world's richest men in investing heavily in immortality. Or in, yeah, immortality. Yeah, th- th- this is the goal to become like God's small g. Right. And uh, it goes on to say, um, it goes through, you know, talking to molecular biologists, uh, who doubled the lifespan of a roundworm by splicing or disabling a single gene? Um, and the computer scientists who predicted scientists will not only slow down but stop aging. <coughs> and exactly what you said, this is not an anti-aging. No, no, no. This is, this you know, this agenda. is one of the most uh, horrific agendas, uh, objectives. The transhumanism and, yeah. uh, is what this is. The H plus, you know, there, uh, there we're, it is. We're not created good enough. As um, Steve Quayle says so often, you know, the devil's trying to prove God a liar and will do so at all costs. And this is one way where, you know, they will try. You were not created perfectly. Why is there defects in children? And regardless that the elites cause it with their uh, chemicals in the food, water, and in the air, um, you know, it, there are natural uh, issues, birth defects and whatnot. Um, but the Lord created everything the way he did for a reason. And as Steve Quill often says on our show, the devil will, will try to prove the Lord uh, to be a liar, which, as we know from Scripture, will not go well. Right. In uh, Ecclesiastes, and this is a very heavily cited Scripture, and I think it's 3.15 or 3.18, um, this is a very hard yet simple uh, precept that we need to understand 315 that which hath been is now and that which is to be hath already been and God requireth that which is past stop right there because I, I think it's worthy to note and I uttered this statement today to, to someone I was conversing with there's nothing new under the sun the agendas that we're seeing right now the blueprints for this one world order this power takeover in our subjugation captivity subjugation and eventual extermination um whether it is you know completely subjugation to the you know worship uh, the antichrist or whether it's our extermination is really a, uh, a kind of a reconstituted tower of babel nimrod situation yeah. and if you and think, this goes on to explain that in ecclesiastes yeah. says, and moreover i saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there yep. and i said in mine heart god shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work and i said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them, and then they might see that they themselves are beasts. For what befalleth the sons of men? 
befalleth the beast. Every one thing befalleth them, as one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they all have one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, all are of and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Hmm. Uh, Paul McGuire. That's the Bible. No, I mean... Paul, uh, Paul what we were talking about, Paul McGuire, was an article from World Net Daily on right. the elites pouring billions right. into gene therapy research, and specifically the anti-aging or uh, immortality aspect of it. Um, and to finish off here, uh, I would just say go to World Net Daily. This is a very long article. There's lots of there's a few video clips in here. Yes, and it's, it's excellent. And I, it's an interview of Paul McGuire's take on what this Dr. Kim and this anti-aging and transhumanist agenda uh, and McGuire ends with this we have a hidden tier of our society that is benefiting from this this is why I laughed when I heard him say it was 10 years out McGuire said that's a complete flat out lie and if he knew it uh, if he admitted it it was already available the American people would be screaming for it it is the powerful mirage up ahead that never materializes it's always 10 to 15 years down the road but we'll never get there a brave new world huxley mapped this out mcguire said he envisioned a scientific dictatorship all built on a scale system where you have a slave class a bureaucratic class bureaucratic class and the elites and you're genetically bred with an iq sufficient to fulfill your class duty the plan for the elites is to receive the enhanced genetic treatments and all others will die off and and, and you know transhumanism and technocracy Transhumanism being a subset of technocracy is really the dark or the Trojan horse, horse shall we say, of yeah. this this power structure that's being pushed down our throats today. One of the first comments mentions the Bible verse: "The meek shall inherit the earth." Yep. Um, these people aren't meek. No, no, not at all. Now, if I can, if I can do this, if I can just kind of talk a little bit about. Um, you know how when I say golden thread and the war on all fronts. Well, what ties the war on all fronts together, and how are we so? Can I do this? Are you, are you? Oh yeah, uh, just the, let me run through some headlines. Go here. ahead, because uh, I don't know if, how much of this you saw today, because you were dealing with a lot of stuff uh, from Alex Jones, Infowars, uh, military martial law bill sneak through by Senate. Yes, yeah, and that, that's very okay. Planned Parenthood sold hearts and brains of eighteen-week-old babies minutes after aborting them. It, it, Precisely, and of course that's going to be denied. And of course that the, uh, the Center for Medical Progress, the uh, uh, originators of the the videotapes that have all of these these Planned Parenthood people on 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 tape memorialized, that that really should be, and I believe I believe it should be used as prima facie evidence in a criminal court trial, or at least enough to shutter these charnel houses down in every state by the uh, law, chief law enforcement officer of the county or of the state. You take your pick. But but see, this is trafficking in human body parts. There is no... There's, it, it, it is been verified. And if you want to assail, for example, the authenticity, and, and this is one... Ladies and gentlemen, this is one aspect 
of of investigations that Joe and I are extremely well versed in. Don't even go. Don't even tell me that these videotapes were edited. Well, they okay. were cut well, down, but they but were I mean, released as a whole as right. the edited part was released at the same time. Every time a video was, was released, the edited video is what made headlines because that is where the uh, all the important information was condensed into. But at the same time, that same organization released the full version of the videos, each video, each time they released an edited video. So people need to understand that. There was no just release of an edited video. The full video was simultaneously released also. Right, and, and it's a red herring, and, and it's BS to even use that as some sort of excuse, okay? But this Planned um, Parenthood is a new report that reveals Planned Parenthood abortion business in, Win- in Wisconsin lied about and attempted to cover up the sale of its body parts of aborted babies. The new report reveals Planned Parenthood sold hearts and brains of 18-week-old aborted babies to the University of Wisconsin and harvested the body parts just minutes after aborting the babies. This is an Alliance Defense Freedom Public Records request that revealed Planned Parenthood's Wisconsin affiliate provided researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison those body parts despite the fact that both the University and Planned Parenthood advocates of Wisconsin have denied any such exchange. It's extremely important to understand what's taking place here and the other aspect of this it is my professional belief based on based on my research and investigation our research and investigation i should say but it's it's and i'll go on a limb and say this because i know we're living in a litigious society and i know that there's there's always you know people listening and people transcribing everything we say trust me on this <laughs> they've got nothing better to do um I just would kind of like maybe, you know, they could offer the transcriptions up so we can offer them on, on, online. But anyway, uh, the fact of the matter is um, this this whole planned parenthood abortion aspect has sinister, satanic overtones and undertones and overlays and overlaps, I, whatever word you want to use. And... People may scoff at that notion, but this is true. Just as much as, um, and, and you've got to understand, and you really do have to understand, I, I think you do, have to understand the Satanist aspect of uh, blood sacrifice. And again, Russ Dizdar is an excellent, excellent source on this, and we've we've spoken at length uh, privately to to him about this, not about this issue, but about the generality of blood sacrifice. So this is extremely important to, for people to understand because this gives the uh, global elitists, if you will, and the people involved in this, the, the power and influence over a, a uh, over the not just the morality, but this, but the but the spiritual component of um, of the world, basically. And this is why. Planned Parenthood. This is why abortion, not even by Planned Parenthood, but abortion in general, is sacrosanct among many that they won't touch this because of the satanic elements behind it. And, and that does not mean that every woman or girl going in for an abortion understands that. It doesn't mean that every person who works at a, an abortion facility understands that. It's bigger than that. The lie is bigger than that. Kind of like a Masonic thing. You know, at the first couple, third, you know, first bunch of levels, you don't even know what's going on at the top. Well, this is the same, same case. Now, you know, 
you mentioned the martial law thing too. The sneaks by a, a martial the uh, uh, martial law uh, yeah. headline. Again, this is important because the preparatory steps for what's happening or what is intended to happen are being put into place. Now, will it be martial law or will it be a police action? There's a distinct difference. And I believe it'll be like Chip Tatum had said on our program with Steve Quayle. If you haven't heard that program, go back and listen to it. I do believe it's going to be more of a police action and it's going to be geographically specific. It is going to be, in, it's going to start out, well, regardless of where it starts out, it will center on urban areas, especially, and then pocketed areas in the rural sections of the country. But those rural sections are going to be rich in um, food harvesting and food production because they're going after the resources, or I shouldn't say going after them, but controlling the mm-hmm. flow of the resources because a hungry populace is a subservient or more compliant populace. So this has a larger aspects of this. And if you have, Joe, if you, if you want to discuss that, um, that article, go ahead and do that because it's extremely, you know, or that revelation is extremely important. Well, here's what InfoWars says. Sentiment Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is attempting to fast-track a war powers bill that will allow President Obama nearly unlimited power to deploy the military anywhere in the world for any length of time, including U.S. soil. Yes. The authorization for use of military force put forward by McConnell would not restrict the President's use of ground troops nor have any limits related to time or geography, Defense One reported. In other words, the authorization allows the President to deploy the military anywhere at his discretion, both foreign and domestic, for as long as he wants. Several sponsors, including... Uh, John Cornyn were surprised by McConnell's decision to fast-track the bill after a year of deep fighting over similar measures in the Senate. He did, he asked the National Journal on Tuesday morning when reporters informed him about the bill. And even some Democrats have an issue with the new authorization without geographical restrictions placed on the president. I'm for Congress voting on an IA or an AUMF, AUMF, the authorization for use of military force. That's what AUMF stands for. Of course, it depends on what it looks like. Senator Robert Mendez said Thursday, I don't want a blank check. It's also interesting to note McConnell is trying to push through the bill on a Friday as an unprecedented blizzard slams the Northeast, U.S., including Washington, D.C. And that is the timing of that is very interesting. As well. It's extremely interesting, and it, it's very, very much notable. And it's not about the storm. It's not about the snow. I mean, snow happens. It's winter. It's not about the, even the location of the snow. It's about the reaction to what we're seeing now. How can all this be possible? What's that golden thread I was talking about? And, and folks, let me just address it this way: If you look at one of the strangest phenomena. I believe uh, uh, in the time in which we live is the, the the political spectrum and how it's how it's one party and it's all they they both mm-hmm. both sides of this party has this affinity toward Marxism and fascism. Now, yeah, now think of the Hillary Clinton email scandal. I, yes. mean, I don't want to take you off. No, that's okay. Train Go of ahead, thought, but. The um, Washington Times, even Fox News, is now reporting, you know, uh, devastating um, new information on the Hillary Clinton email scandal. This from the Washington Times. Email scandal puts Hillary Clinton's presidential aspirations in peril. Yet um, we have former Defense Secretary 
uh, Robert Gates yep. uh, saying the odds are pretty high that Russians and the Chinese and Iranians uh, were able to access Hillary Clinton's uh, server. And he says that in the video, former you Defense Secretary Robert Gates says, I think the odds are pretty high uh, countries like Iran, China, and Russia hacked Hillary Clinton's email server. Well, first of all, um, no. That being an unsecured server sending classified information uh, to and from, uh, it's not high at all. It's actually probably par for the course. Uh, well, for the that's a good point. Yes, because because look, um, th- this whole thing now. The if you, anyone who says, "Well, there's there was no classified information contained or transmitted over that server," you're talking about a high government official and her assistant, the head of the State Department. Yeah, and because they're telling they, me that the, the, she's not going to. The classified emails in and out are marked with a certain marking that indicates to the staff and or uh, person of in the position of power that there is it is a classified. Uh, right, but but it can, the, those can be those can be the markings and, can and, be stri- and, and were told to be stripped. Right, and the responsibility still lies legally with Hillary Clinton, um, whether she told the 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 aide to strip the classified markings or he did it on his own. It still lies with her because her server should not have been outside well, of the and, government. And, and, and where is that? Where is that person who was handling the server? Um, what did the he? Um, how was he punished? Well, he was rewarded with a position at the U.S. Department of State, and subsequent to subsequent to his handling of the of the server. So, you, you know, but but this happened. Go ahead. Yeah, Judge Napolitano weighed in and said it's hard to believe that the FBI will not recommend an indictment for Hillary Clinton, and he released a video about that yesterday. I spoke with an individual who is. Um, I'll just I'll just say a source, and I'll just say with one of the government agencies who has knowledge about this, and there is this extreme uh, upset within. Well, I'll just say, it, look, there is an extreme upset within the FBI. They are there are there are agents who are threatening to and have resigned over this. There are agents who are saying, well, you know, uh, it, they're some are claiming it's being politicized, while others are saying no, it's a matter of law. And you've got the old it's a guard of law. It, it, yeah, but you've got the old guard of, of, of the FBI agents who have been trained and, and experienced being replaced by the younger agents who are more um, programmable, if you will, and, and pliable. The bottom line here is the FBI is in disarray like you cannot believe. Yeah, now, that might not. And hey, I've seen if, interviews with certain agents and talking heads who are, you know, on Fox News or MSNBC um, from months ago until. Uh, today, one of the interesting tools I like to use on the iPhone that I have is the news tool where you can uh, have it set up to where you get um, it's filtered down where you can get the information you want from the places you want. And, you know, you can get uh, content that is both written content and video content. And I, a lot of the uh, video content comes across on Fox part, portions of interviews that they do with former FBI agents, FBI spokespeople. And the the theme that I hear that is uh, common among them is the FBI, if they believe there is you know criminal in- intent there or there is a crime that was committed, they're not going to be um, intimidated by the Justice Department or the administration that would make them work harder towards an indictment if there was a crime. It's almost like the talking line was written and given to them before, um, you know, before anybody has went on TV to talk about this. 
because will we see Hillary Clinton get indicted? And I would like to see so. Yeah, she did break the law, and it can be proven. It has been proven, in my opinion. And uh, will she, though? And I, I don't know. Um, and yesterday I sent you a picture, Dad. There was an interesting uh, picture that someone created. Uh, this, And, Eric, maybe you can bring this up here. I'll try and do this. Well, we're going to give this a try. For those watching on YouTube, maybe we can do this. Let's see. Oh, is that is that the uh, yeah? That's that's the <laughs> yeah. It, it is kind and of take, a, this is somebody funny, created this. So um, okay, but but I, I mean just yeah. You know, I don't know. Just uh, no. but anyway, it, it's just an image, and you can find it online of of Hillary in a an orange jumpsuit and handcuffs, or her her head superimposed over someone else's body, of course. And, and, you know, this, but, but see, this kind of stuff only happens in banana republics. And, and we have now descended into the, onto that level, um, we have descended into that level of, um, of, of the status of a banana republic. So, but how do we get here? And one of the strangest phenomena of our times is the, is the, really, I believe, is the, the government our government right now, their affinity toward uh, Marxism and fascism, as I mentioned earlier. And when you look at this this strange affinity in this movement toward, as you pointed out, the the uh, martial law type things, and uh, we're beginning prepared for something to happen here. Now connect this to the Georgia Guidestones with the you know with the ten laws, the first one being to maintain a population of under a half a billion. Well, look, it's been documented that the communist governments during the last century alone, they brutally murdered over 150 million human beings. This, if you have a chance, get a hold of a copy of a book called Death by Government. All right? It's written by uh, R.J. Rummel. And it's uh, it's just an amazing book. But in addition to, to that staggering accomplishment, if that's what you want to call it, Everywhere in the world that communism has been has been implemented, it, it's been a, just a total failure. And the 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 political elites that include even the conservatives, they always talk about, um, you know, they, they they talk about a number of things irrelevant to. Well, they'll talk about. For example, the lack of natural resources and, and give you a whole bunch of reasons or a whole bunch of excuses as the reason that communist countries are so far behind non-communist countries in terms of production and, and value. Well, it, it's totally ridiculous. When you look at uh, during the Cold War, East and West Germany, uh, look at North and South Korea, for example. Okay, and when you when you merge this mindset to the uh, political machinations of the one party system right now, it's difficult to really comprehend. It. But how are people buying this? How, how how is this being sold to the public? I mean, look if you, if you look at the North Korea, who has now developed a, a, a very frightening, and I say frightening, very alarming, I suppose. Um, hydrogen style bomb regardless of its you know 
kiloton or whatever its uh, its reach or its uh, uh, power. I mean, communist North Korea is one of the poorest countries in the world. The people there have no freedom versus the South, which they do have freedom. If you just think about that alone, how can the Luciferian globalist elite uh, even in our government even justify this this move toward uh, this Marxist slash fascist fascist slash communist environment? Well, it, it really makes no sense. Yet, even as we speak today, there are thousands of professors in American colleges just waxing eloquently on the wonders of communism, the wonders of socialism, and the wonders of atheism. And this book, the Rockefeller filed in the back of the book, Gary Allen, the author, says, read all about the greatest whodunit of all time, the communist super capitalist conspiracy. And he goes on to say, the following books will tell you who, what, when, where, how, why, the mystery that has perplexed millions of persons, why the super rich have cooperated with an international... uh, within international communism and what both sides hope to accomplish. And it goes on to list a, a number of books, National Suicide, Military Aid, the Soviet Union, Kissinger on the Couch, None Dare, Call, Con- None Dare Call It Conspiracy, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, Wall Street and FDR, Richard Nixon, The Man Behind the Mask, The Naked Capitalist, and World Without Cancer, The Story of Vitamin B-17. And he said these are just a few of the books. Um, well, think back to, exactly, and then that book is dated back to 76, and th- think back to 1976. But so think back to the 45 current communist goals that were uh, read into the uh, congressional record mm-hmm. back in 1963. And yes, I know anything could be read into the, I mean, Alice in Wonderland could be read into the congressional record. I get that, but but it was it's pretty relevant. You know, in in many cases, I mean, so many books have been written to document one specific point of of this larger agenda, um, but that's not that's not even the point. I, I guess my question is, okay, so what's the what's the the magic golden thread here that's connecting all of the the wars that are open on different fronts? Well, it, you, you got to go back in history, and it's it's really not that complicated. It's not that. It's pretty simple indeed, because okay, one of the one of the things you know, you target the educational system, and folks, if you haven't already done this, if you want to enrich your historical perspective on the current events, I would recommend studying, for example, or at least researching the Antonio Gramsci and the Gramsci theory, okay. Of economics, his writings back in the 1920s—it's—it's it's really not a complicated uh, system. His approach was uh, his approach about how communism could replace capitalism was was different. For example, from the pure Marxist model, he analyzed why the Marxist approach would never be successful in a religious-based Western-style country. Now, this is Antonio Gramsci. So, when you think about this, and, and it, it does require some some processing time, some you got to pay attention because the, the dots are there. You just have to connect them. So Antonio Gramsci, back in the early 20th centuries, was espousing this, this Marxist model. And, and, and again, he analyzed why this wouldn't necessarily work in this country, meaning America. Okay, 
So what do you? Ha- why wouldn't it work? Well, you've got this Judeo-Christian ethic, you've got this culture, you've got the uh, you've got this religious, this, this spiritual belief. You know, he it, 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 that would that would uh, push back against it. Um, in fact, Gramsci is insisted that his that this Marxist model, for example, would only succeed by having the intellectuals and the elites working to change our culture from within. And that that's it doesn't matter if you're listening whatever country you're listening to this from, that's his postulation. The final destruction of our American way of life would not be completed by external communists or people coming from outside of the country um, in an invasion no, it's already you know, by done. guns. No, it's already the, the tools are already here. And just look at Venezuela. Right. The IMF says Venezuela inflation will climb past seven hundred percent this year. Yes. In a yes. note published today, the IMF Western Hemisphere Director said inflation would more than double in the country in 2016, reaching 720%. Venezuela already suffers from the world's highest inflation rate. The IMF estimates that inflation is running at over 275% now, but will reach 720% by the end of 2016. Who controls the inflation in the country of Venezuela? Well, the central and international bankers. Absolutely. From the IMF, the World Bank, and the Central Bank of Venezuela. Yes, exactly. So, so, but, 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 and we already are partners with the UN. We've uh, made our, our leagues and our covenants and our, um, um, where is it saying in Second Daniel, um, exactly what will happen here. You know that we will see this continue, and the evil will continue to conglomerate together. They will form. Sorry, Daniel eleven twenty three, and I just want to read this here because this is right on with what we're talking about. And with the arms, with the arms of a flood, they shall overthrow, overflow from before, and him shall be broken. Yea, also the prince of the covenant, and after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall be strong with a small people. People. He shall enter peaceably, even among the fattest places of the providence. He shall do so that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches. Yea, he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds, even for a time. And then it gets into, you know, who and where. Um, but it continues, you know, they will do exploits. They will be against the holy covenant and will do exploits and return to their own land and at the time appointed he shall return and come toward the south and it shall not be as the former but as the latter and um it continues to talk about this wicked covenant that is made against the whole the holy lord and the people his people and at this time it says the understanding will fall they will try to purge them and make them white even to a time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed we are in those times we are indeed in those times, and, and that's very relevant. To and I what's skipped over eleven thirty four. When they shall fall, they shall be hoping with little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. Um, and to Daniel four, where it talks about Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it says in, in the uh, at end times that they shall try to uh, cleave to man, to mankind, or they they shall try to mix with mankind, but shall not cleave. And that's because the Lord put the enmity between the serpent seed and the woman seed um, in Genesis. And then Jesus came and, and died on the cross, paid the death for all sin. So at the time of the end, when they try to 
when they when the giants come back and they try to uh, you know transhumanize humanity into this uh, you can call it anti-aging you can call it technocracy um, whatever it is it is a, a spiritual agenda of darkness to bring back the men of renown fallen angels mating with women or the practice of it through the genetics and the uh, art of, of manipulating genetics they are doing this through the cloning programs and we are seeing the end times battle being played out both spiritually and physically in our world and in uh, the spiritual world it's in the heavens too like the it says in Revelation there will be war in heaven yes what will that look like on earth when there's war in heaven because it's before the Lord comes back well it, it, it ain't going to be pretty how's that right no it won't and many many people will not I mean I'm sure it'll be recognizable many people will their hearts will fail them for, for what they're seeing especially the non-believers but, but, but you know even more basic than that and, and as I was saying earlier about you know the Gramsci model looking at the 20th century going back to see how we got to this point in time I just want to mention too because I just when I was doing this research the things I was finding and the, the stuff that uh, actually Paul McGuire was talking about and the, the segues to what's going on and I mentioned the, the goals that were read into the the uh, uh, the uh, congressional record they were done in 1958 and, and there was like a ton of goals there but um i i don't know i, I think there were uh what were 45 I, th- I believe there were but anyway that that was back in 58 read into the congressional record in 63 how are americans today what happened between 58 and between 1958 to today well Younger Americans right now have never known really the norm in America, the Norman Rockwell kind of America. And some people might argue that didn't exist. But uh, 1963 were the communist goals read into the congressional record. Okay, but 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 how many how many young people knew that? No, right now that for decades. It was, uh, can you, now, now listen to this. It was illegal, for example, to import anything into America that was produced in communist China. Did you know that? How many people know that? How many young people know that? How many older people know that? Oh, I'm sure some. It's hard to, it's difficult to wrap your brain around today when almost everything that we buy today is made in China. And also, do you remember for decades? You said that's that giant sucking sound Ross Perot talked about. Right, exactly. And and this is no one's talking about the TPP today. No one's talking about NAFTA and GATT, and and no one is talking about the uh, uh, the bipartisan support and even the cheerleaders on in in the uh, uh, media for NAFTA, GATT, and other and the WTO, and now of course TPP, and, and everyone's saying, oh, it's not no big deal. We read an article the other day where uh, somebody said that if Trump was, it was uh, Eric Cantor from Davos yes. was saying, if you know, talking about Trump and how if he was elected, the biggest uh, uh, victim would be trade, international trade, which I find hard to believe either way. Um, and you hear these politicians saying they're going to reverse all of Obama's, uh, you know. Well, it's not going to happen. Uh, no, it's not going to happen. And we see the continued increase in, in tensions and uh, Tunisia imposes a nationwide curfew amid growing unrest 
which was the beginning of the Arab Spring in the Middle East, which reshaped the Middle East leadership and uh, the populations, both Christian and Muslim, and uh, extremist versus uh, somebody who's just trying to survive. Well, we, and yeah. I, we're bringing, we're coming on the top of the hour, so I want to try to. Well, let me just f- finish this. We, this is a good time because what what I found when I was going through my re- doing my research, I just want to do this real quick here. Um, you know, it, it was for decades illegal to import anything from communist China. I also found it interesting that for the number of years, for decades, people working for the government, they had to take a loyalty oath. Did you know that? In other words, you, uh, an oath of allegiance. Not anymore. And the average American today, they're not aware of historical facts. And for seven, several hundred years our country of our country's history, almost every school, almost every college were founded by not Muslims, but by Christians. Did you know that? Almost. Did you know that Harvard, for example? Did you know Harvard, that that liberal bastion? The Harvard University, this liberal, progressive, Marxist bastion, secular, actually now hostile to anything Christian, it was founded as a Christian college, get this, to train pastors. Did you know that? In fact, its early motto was Veritas Christo et Ecclesia, which means truth for Christ in the church. It's only been in the past half century or so that all of the biblical foundations and traditions have been gradually ruled unconstitutional, even though they were all accepted and practiced by the people who wrote the Constitution and who were among the walking, living, breathing leadership of our country in the early uh, 20th century and before, but even as late as the uh, 20th century. And this is how, uh, it, from within, the impl- implementation, uh, in order to imp- imp- implement Gramsci's model in America, you had to take out this Judeo-Christian ethic. And if you think for one moment that Barack Hussein Obama, the renegade-in-chief, Barry Satoro, the unnamed one, is not complicit in this, as are each and every president. I don't care if his name is George Bush. I don't care if his name is uh, Eisenhower. I, it doesn't matter. They're all complicit in the takedown of this country. It's one big agenda, and we're suffering for it. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report this Friday, the 22nd day of January 2016. We're right back. Stay with us. Network break. Coming back. More news. Thanks for joining us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this Friday, January 22nd, 2016. You know, we almost missed coming back from the break because we were talking amongst ourselves and not paying attention. Uh, picking up off where you left off, uh, Dad, in the second hour about the communist takeover of America, it's um, 
There was an article, hold on, my from Ren's microphone stand fell yeah, during that, the break. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Ren's wrote an article, or published an article here, uh, by Greg Swank in 2002. And it says, over the years I've shared in debates and discussions regarding the current state of affairs in the U.S. and the changing social climate of this great nation since the baby boomer generation, society and its culture having become noticeably different than the way it was over 50 years ago. From the late 50s to the 70s, a series of events took place contributing to the way we currently live. However, like anything else, there is to be a starting point at which the wheels are put in motion, sometimes a single event such as war, but more often it's a series of events, some international, some planned, some unpredictable. There's always a pivotal point when things began to change. I believe that time was 1963 for my generation. Some of the following will certainly stir old memories. If you were born later, it may serve as a brief lesson into the times your parents traveled through. By the 1963, television was the leading source of entertainment. The public enjoyed a different type of programming back then. Lessons on life could be viewed weekly on Leave it to Beaver or My Three Sons. There were heroes back then that never drew blood. The Lone Ranger and the Adventures of Superman cartoon series involved such as the Flintstones and the Jetsons without messages of empowering the children using vulgarities and a demeaning parental guidance. Families could spend a weekend evening watching Ed Sullivan, Bonanza, or Gunsmoke. For those who enjoyed a thrill and suspense, we were blessed with Alfred Hitchcock Presents in the Twilight Zone, etc., uh, etc. Et Movie theaters were not multiplex units with 15 screens, rather one single big giant screen with adequate sound and hard sets without springs. Uh, Tom Jones had won the Academy Awards for Best Picture. How the West was won, Cleopatra, Lily of the Fields, um, were some box office hits. By the year's end, the Beatles had played for the British royal family and were laying the groundwork to conquer the U.S. the following year. And it, and it continues. Um, and it says, this is a brief snapshot of some of the things going back to 1963. While some of these events played important roles in the direction of change that affect us today, many of them were lost to a much greater, much more political events that I believe put everything into motion. In 63, the House of Representatives... Later, the Senate began reviewing a document called Communist Goals for Taking Over America. It contained an agenda of 45 separate issues. In hindsight, it was quite shocking back then and equally shocking today. Um, and it goes to say here are some points listed in, in that document. You know, Four, permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation, regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. We see that today. Yes. Eleven, promote UN as the only hope for mankind. Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions claiming by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and violation of free speech and free press. Break down cultural standards of morality by pro promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Percent homosexuality, uh, promiscuity as normal, natural, healthy. 27. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which is, does not need a religious crutch. 28. Eliminate prayer or any phrase of religious expression in the schools on the ground. It violates the principle of separation of church and state. Discredit the family as an, institute and as, as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Internationalize the Panama Canal. These are just some. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, television. I just want to kind of take this a little bit further because what we're talking about here you know we talked about the the schooling we talked about the uh gramsci model we're talking about this this move toward this one world uh order 
but how, how does that how is that accomplished with with the simplicity and ease that we're seeing it take place right now? And uh, it's interesting because of the television, for example, your television is really nothing more than a Freudian mass psych, psychology. Um, it, it's got an appeal, or it's a it, it's appeal to this infantile animal like behavior. That's a um, it, it's really a, a it's an idiot box for sure. When it comes to television, the issue of truth has never, ever been an issue. If folks, television is not about the truth. And again, this is to kind of segue or to add on to what you're talking about. And, and I just want to make sure people understand how, how critical this is when, when, to, to understand with the advent of smart television, smart TVs, smartphones, everything's smart. But look, it doesn't matter, for example, one bit whether the images you see on your television screen or the screen are real or copied and pasted from past events, because people believe them to be real, immediate, and and therefore true. Now, okay, think about this, okay, and and again, this is so relevant to what we're seeing today, and this will explain so much. In March of 2010, remember. The earthquake in Japan, well, the mass media showed images of empty supermarket shelves. And what they did was they, they, they stated that Japan was undergoing the worst rationing since World War II. All right, that's fine. However, the images of the empty shelves it had nothing to do with Japan. And it had nothing to do with the earthquake. It had nothing to do with that event at all. That, that was stock photography. Okay, uh, that's been proven, and the um, um, the reality, as conveyed, for example, by our nightly news, obliterates the truth every night. Um, there, there's the more a person watches TV, and, and you can pass this along to your your brother-in-law or your aunt, uncle, mother, father, son, whatever, the less one understands and the more one accepts, the more one becomes dis- disassociated from his own thought processes. The, exactly. The television is more magical than any other consumer product because it makes things normal, it packages and homogenizing homogenizes um, various fragments of reality. It constructs it, it, it constructs an acceptable reality, which is really a myth, a lie, out of larger unacceptable ingredients. And think about that, because when you to, to confront to confront the myth would be to admit that one has uh, one was ineffective, ineffective, if you will, isolated and incapable. It, the television television images are replaced for the truth. So if you're seeing behind the television, and, and there was a study done in Israel. Where uh, it was, a, I believe it was a nursing home or an assisted living home, but it, but but it was a home with uh, impaired individuals, and they removed the, the televisions from the main areas and from the rooms. And what happened was the um, incidence of dementia, okay, dementia type activity, actually lessened. Now, so anyway. But, but when you look at the nightly stories on your uh, favorite television news show, whatever that might be, and I don't care if it's Fox or MSNBC, what they're doing, they serve to reinforce your opinion of what the world around you looks like and smells like. 
what is that opinion? You might ask. Well, that the world that we live in is a world of unspeakable violence, perversion, that human beings are degrading and violent creatures who murder, for example, who rape, destroy, spread hatred everywhere they go in the name of whatever, whatever ideology that happens to be in vogue at the moment. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever paid attention to the level of the language used in the various newscasts that we see? If, In fact, every newscast in the Western world, folks, listen to what they say. They follow the same language uh, pattern. Very simple verbs, just tons and tons of nouns, and very few long sentences. Homework assignment for this weekend. Go ahead, and if you have a television in your home, watch the newscast. I don't care if you're sitting listening to this in the U.K., or if you're watching or watching listening to this in the United States or wherever. Watch the newscast. Short sentences, simple vocabulary. In other words, sound bites. You know, the news, the president won't run for re-election, for example, or um, details in half an hour. It, this is all deliberate. Through the language, it's beauty and complexity. Man communicates ideas and principles of his culture from one generation to the next. What has Twitter, for example, reduced us to? 140 characters. Yeah, and I've been hearing that on a, on a couple different uh, radio, satellite radio news programs. I heard... Twice, and I don't know if it was one in commercial, one on the broadcast, but they talked about the ever-evolving ways of connecting with each other is actually keeping us from connecting to each other. Exactly. So you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you got you have television, and by no means does television do this. For example, you know, overnight, this has a cumulative effect over a long period of time that succeeds to change our paradigm, our perception of society. Just look around and think back a generation. You were talking about the various, uh, you know, leave it to Beaver stuff in the Andy Griffith and you know that kind of television in that time period. But the language of television news now, it's got its roots in linguistic work that goes back to World War II as part of H.G. Wells' ultimate revolution. Folks, you know this. Paul McGuire has talked about this. The elimination of all national languages in favor of basic English, future world language, that is, which had a vocabulary of only 850 words. Again, this is part of H.G. Wells' ultimate revolution. The degenerate concept was created by a British linguist. And you can look this up, C.K. Ogden, okay? Now, some people at the highest levels of the British oligarchy, including Winston Churchill, saw the potential brainwashing value in what C.K. Ogden had done. And by by, by using basic, coupled with the... Um, well, coupled with the mass media, a large number of people could be given a simple message without complicated thoughts getting in your way. And this is one of the golden threads as we face this war on many levels. We, we could, we could be as effective or attempt to be as effective as, as, as possible, but we are being actually programmed by our television sets. And look mm-hmm. at H.G. Wells' war, Future World, the, the English most speak and write today. is Folks, look at the difference between um, Shakespearean English and what we're speaking today. 
Yeah, you know, the last the last traces of archaic elaboration. I mean, look, the English today is gone. It's the language of Babel. Exactly. Confusion. That's right. So, you cannot encase, for example, uh, well, okay, human powers of, of creative reason, and I'm just going to throw that, this out there, become a force for improvements in our lives. Okay, think about that. They can't. You can't limit that to 850 words. You can't limit that to 140 characters. Through language, nation states were given meaning, and through our quest for the, and through them, I suppose, our quest for the truth. Now, when you look at, um, and and I'm going to bring this up, I because it's it's kind of deep, but but Plato's dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in ancient Greece, in, in Plato's uh, dialogue, for example, uh, uh, Mino dialogue. Now, he references Socrates. Socrates brings out the innate genius in the slave boy by encouraging him to solve the problem by doubling the square. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. He thus proves that slavery is unjust by showing the creative nature of the human species. Plato's pro-imperial opponent, Aristotle, assuming that man has no soul, declared that nature has destined some to be slaves and has made others to be their masters. The reason I bring this up is so obscure. So where did that come from, Doug? Well, look, what's behind all this, and we have talked about this before, this is the Tavistock model. They know that the ideas, uh, or that ideas in general are more powerful than any standing army. And in that series, America, in 1987, which I referenced earlier, remember that? Okay, well, the, there was a war against ideas and ideology. You could not speak about ideas or ideology. Uh, and to, to get people to accept their imperial ideas, for example, Tavistock, well, they're controlling the way we think. They're controlling us, our thoughts about science, the area where human powers of thought, creative reason, become a method of our own improvement. So if you can control how we think, you can control how we respond to events around us, no matter what these events might be. Now, you've, you've heard the, the phrase, paradigm shift? I just gave you, I just gave you the, the uh, uh, the definition. This process is called paradigm shift and overturning of an existing set of assumptions about society. Now, uh, you know, without getting too deep further, I just want to, you know, mention the fact that if we look at the, uh, the cultural war that we're in right now, though, this is another front, the cultural war. Uh, look at the people who create the idea content of brainwashing, for example. Most of them, what's their demographic? They're what, 30, 40 years old? They're the programmers, they're programmers, and the programmers themselves were weaned on television since birth. So don't, for a moment, look for, you know, the aged, wise, older men and women um, you know, staring at a crystal ball, for example, planning the world's future. It doesn't work that way. It's more like a group of infantile jerks. 
in sneakers and their pants down there, you know, around their butts and, and goofy haircuts and is sitting around in an air-conditioned room overlooking perhaps Central Park or Madison Avenue or whatever, kicking around ideas for, for what, for next year's shows. It was just on Drudge here that computer models are going to be creating some television sitcoms. Are you serious? Well, anyway, you know, you kind of program the computers. Well, who's doing it? These these idiots out there, these these uh, green behind the ears, I'll do anything, raised on video game uh, people. And once they come up with these ideas, they pass this, they pass their their ideas on to the scriptwriters, and they pull them into the I mean, it's just ridiculous. The product is, the end result, if you will, is then, Given to the producers, directors for production. Did you see that uh, computers are now writing sitcoms? That's what I just mentioned. Yes, okay. yeah, I just mentioned that. Sorry. So no, no. I mean, um, so you know, once the shows are designed and the scripts are written, the actual brainwashing messages are now inserted after the fact. All right. So you got to understand that. And, and there's, for a clear example, there can be no discussion of homosexuals without first deferring to gay rights task force did you know that did you know that right now if you write a sitcom you've got to pass it by the gay rights task force because they're going to make sure that the issue is being dealt with with sensitivity now all children's shows that include and and i must say that includes all disney remember we talked about that Mm -hmm. they employed child psychiatrists who helped shape the content the entire environmental idiot idiocy this whole idiotic notion of programming was scripted into television shows, films, and into the news. Go back to The Happening with Mark Wahlberg back in 08, 2008. Anyone remember that? The I Happening? I haven't heard of that. Okay. Well, it was a science fiction sh- thriller. It was, again, it was called The Happening. It starred uh, Mark Wahlberg. And the, the it follows a man, his... Uh, Wife, uh, goodness, their best friend and a fan. I mean, it's all a group of people. And as they try to escape from an inexplicable natural disaster, you don't remember this? The plot revolves around a mysterious uh, biological contaminant of some kind that causes anyone exposed to this contaminant, this biohazard or whatever, to, to kill themselves. Okay? None of this no, ringing the bell? No. What's the message in that? Well, the message is very readily discernible. People are the enemy of nature, and planet Earth is rebelling against us and ruthlessly killing the enemy, which is man, which is opposed to God because we are we are God's creation. And this goes to Earth worship. Think of the mm-hmm. movie now, Lucifer. Did you see Lucifer is that the TV show? You yes, used? yes. I, I didn't. Uh, I, 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 I mean, only know of its existence. Um, Beyond that, I couldn't comment on what the show's about, but I can imagine. I can guess. Well, you know, it's glorifying Lucifer. Right. He's probably trying okay. to help mankind, and um, I, I mean, there's a million possibilities, but the way it just seems is that he'll be made the good guy, the superhero, or the hero, and he's there to help mankind. And uh, Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's things. ridiculous. Yeah. Now, j- just to wrap up this thought, because... Uh, you gotta go back again to the mid 20th century and go back to, the, there, there are key individuals that stick out both in music and the counterculture as well as television. 
Remember this name, folks, okay? Theodore Adorno. He was one of Frankfurt School's main guys. He postulated that media such as radio, and especially television, could be used, and, and listen to this, to make people, are you ready for this, forcibly retarded. Now, t- are you serious? I mean, I'm serious. Television aims directly at the synthesis of radio and film. It's held up only because the uh, interested parties have not yet reached an agreement, but its consequences are going to be quite enormous and promise to intensify the impoverishment of aesthetic matter so drastically. In other words, what he's saying is that television is a medium of undreamed psychological control. That's what he's saying. Television and the patterns of mass culture. He wrote that. And what he's saying is, look, you introduce this, uh, this material. It's, it's cycle, it's deceptive. It's psycho, it's deceptive. And it's done to dumb you down. Um, Adorno, Theodore Adorno. I mean, um, it, it, you gotta understand. And he, you know what? Adorno predicted that, that, uh, creative sissy will find an important place in society. Uh, and I, I mentioned that because you're looking at, sh- at numerous shows that feature characters who are artistic, sensitive, and effeminate males. Haven't we seen this, neuter- this, this neuterization of males? And you, you toss in this psychobabble, the Freudian notions of artistic creativity. It, it's it's it, what they're saying is everyone's a repressed homosexual. The effeminate sense of males usually come up against, um, well, are usually depicted as the as the good guys against the not so good guys, and those are the, the people. But but one more thing, and then I'm going to be quiet about this because the television is so important here. A key area of brainwashing. Is and I mentioned this before, but it's good to go over this one more time. When you, when you when you take animals, for example, and you and you make them, you have you give them uh, uh, human characteristics, especially in the children's cartoon shows, major motion pictures portray an, animal, uh, animals acting like they're human beings. Over time, children especially, and this is targeted to children, they lose their ability to d- differentiate between most animals and humans. You just think of Lassie. Okay, um, now that's kind of a uh, at the periphery, but you then you get into Walt Disney, which oh, even before there was television, uh, the movies, for example, the audiovisual experiences with the movies with Walt Disney, the full-length feature cartoons like Snow White and Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and Pinocchio, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast of more late, well. Adults and children alike have been subjected to, to decades upon decades of some of the most vile, I mean vile and pernicious propaganda in modern history and through these cartoons. And you might think, well, what does this have to do with the, the war and what we're talking about? Well, what few people realize, okay, and, and this go, this, so we're going to take this step by step briefly here. What few people realize is that both Walt Disney and his brother were producing World War II propaganda films managed by the Committee for Morale. I told you this before. Did you even know one existed? Disney cartoons were not to make the audience of parents and children, um, well, 
uh, Disney cartoons, they weren't made to make people think, but to, but to feel something that Disney said would unify his audience and, and create this emotional infantile that would create, create everyone at this emotionally infantile level. Um, okay, so bottom line here. Pictures, sound, create mental images that would seem real to give his characters emotional dimension. In such a dream-like state, people are more willing to accept the vivid imagery of cartoons as real. Why do you think we have high-def TVs? Why do you think we have 3D TVs? Why do you think the, the TVs are curved so you can see them? This is all by design. If the it, It's all being programmed. So without even realizing it, you're being bombarded with an ultra-heavy dose of some of the most vile, um, Freudian, psych- psychiatric and psychological, uh, Jungian, for example, Carl Jung, the symbolism through the mass entertainment media, it creating a mythological world or mythological worlds of superheroes, supervillains, and introducing characters that, well, think of... Characters like the great mother or the wise old man or the maiden or the eternal youth. See, again, you're getting into the psychological and psychiatric aspect of things. Now, in addition to that, musicians, lyricists, and and other components of the rock scene, for example, influenced by the CIA LSD experience, they gravitated toward this psychological Jungian philosophy. And... You know what? Have you ever joked or heard somebody joke about getting high and watching Fantasia? I don't know. Maybe it's a generational thing. Well, it's interesting because the the Carl Jungian uh, archetypes, for example, Disney cartoons, cartoon representations, uh, totally coherent with the with that concept the reason we're getting into this is because in the absence of the teachings of the judeo-christian con- concept of good there will be evil inserted there will be this this vacuum that is created and men will worship be programmed i should say to worship anything but god and and if you want if somebody had emailed me and said well you know you should talk about disney Folks, there's a much more sinister side of the entire Disney circus. Okay? Even macabre. For the last, I don't know, however many years long they've been going on. Um, think about that Mickey Mouse. Think about the Mickey Mouse Club. Now, folks, I mentioned this before, and if you heard this before, I, I get it. I'm going for my notes here. It's It's got this weird, twisted mix between humans and uh, well, between real people, live music, cartoons, and live interaction between humans and people dressed up as animals, how many people realize that Mickey Mouse Club was a was actually a sinister experiment in mass brainwashing of children through television? Did you know that? And you might say, "Oh, come on, quit picking on, quit picking on Mickey M I C K E Y, quit picking on them M O U S E." No. But see, look, does that sound familiar? It should, and it must, because every kid at home was indoctrinated in this membership ritual, which prompted 
Well, it came from the television. Kids are kids. I, as a child, everyone, we, we were encouraged to sing along with the songs that were the words flashed on the screen. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. But you know what? It, we, the kids, the children, everything was designed to make the children identify with animal figures. And one in particular, Mickey Mouse. At the end of the show, there was always that, that talk, that, sermon, remember that, by the group leader, a young, usually a young male, who would stand up and reinforce uh, uh, well, he was actually backed up by the Mouseketeers, but he would reinforce what the show was about. All of this while your children and maybe even you were at home and on the stage, you know, at home wearing those Mickey Mouse ears and giving the club salute. Well, how many people realize that while they were giving their musketeer salute, they were actually being fed a new pagan-like religion? Huh? Well, if you if you take it a step further, parents, you know, actually allowed a mouse <laughs> or television through Mickey Mouse to give values to a generation of children who would teach the same values in most cases to their kids, and then the, the whole process repeats and repeats. You're looking at multiple generations, successive generations subjected to television brainwashing and without any conscious memory of anything different. Do you remember a time uh, when you didn't have a television? Ask somebody when, I mean, people don't even, a lot of young people today can't even imagine life without a microwave or, or without, you know, television or without a cell phone even. I mean, it's ridiculous. But you see, what we're seeing what we're seeing here is the the western equivalent of the hitler youth of nazi germany because they too had their rituals they had the uniforms they had the symbols they had the songs they had their leaders they had their sermons they had the, they were told to listen to their parents to be patriotic polite and well behaved but the trick was to make the in the case of nazi germany to make the nazis themselves kind of blend in the background Okay, and that, that that's the Invisible Empire, and, and you talk about Disney, for example, Mickey Mouse, the paradigm shift, the Judeo-Christian culture, Aristotle, Freud, Young, Tavistock, Frankfurt School. Well, how about Edward Bernays, Freud's nephew? The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate the unseen mechanisms of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power in this country. We are governed. Our minds are molded. Our tastes are formed. Our ideas are suggested largely by men we have never heard of. And our invisible governors are, in many cases, unaware of the identity of their fellow members of the inner cabinet, the, the global elite, those people who are, are programming us day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. And so can you deny it? Of course not. You cannot deny what's taking place. And I'm not going to go any further on this, but um, the bottom line here is we have, uh, there's absolutely no question, for example, I'll just throw one more out there that Sesame Street is about the Sesame Street. Remember that? You talk about Sesame Street. Oh, I remember that one. Okay. Um, who funded that? Who funded that? It came from the Rockefeller controlled Carnegie Foundation and the Ford Foundation. They, they pushed the Sesame Street product into this global network. Ford 
The foundation money comes from the Central Intelligence Agency. Did you know that? Uh, what are they doing funding children's television, educational television? David Rockefeller, Controlled Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations, Carlisle Group. By the way, their members include former President George Bush, George W. Bush, that is, uh, Rumsfeld, some of the lesser-known members of the Bin Laden family. Yes. Well, Carlisle Group was Bush's and Bin Laden's right. together. Right. Skull and Bones, Yale University, Secret Society. Did you know that? Did you know David Rockefeller controlled Carnegie Foundation? He's one of the key insiders in the, in the Bilderberger Group who worked uh, from behind the scenes to debase the world's ed- education in order to bring us down to the level of what's nothing more than a bunch of rum dums walking around with bicycle helmets in our in in in, in our mom's basement. <laughs> so I made a joke that I guess it didn't work, right? You know, look, all of this to say we're being programmed. And you know we talk about MK Ultra. We talk about, uh, and you mentioned uh, you, you mentioned the um, uh, well MK Ultra. You mentioned Paul McGuire. You, you mentioned the uh, everything Paul McGuire writes about. Yeah, but, you know, anti-aging gene splicing yes. agenda was yeah. an article featured on World Net Daily today, where he uh, said a lot that was. Uh, captioned in that article. Well, and, and Paul Mawar talks a lot about the countercultural revolution. He talks about the about the mass programming. He talks about MKUltra. He talks about the CIA. He talks about how the drugs played an important role into uh, you know, where we're at here. Um, you know, just, just think about uh, think about all this. The counterculture that was created. The undeclared war against America's youth that began back in 67 when Tavistock began using open-air rock concerts to attract millions of young people to so-called festivals. These young people were called because they became the victims of planned wide-scale drug experimentation, hallucinogenic drugs. You're talking about things like PCP and MDA, LSD, I mean, name something. The Beatles promoted LSD and blue micro dot LSD 25. Remember those blue dots? Remember those dots in the paper? They were freely distributed at the concerts. And you know something, before long, over 50 million of the attendees between the ages of, of really what, 12 to 25, they came home to become the messengers and promoters of the new drug culture, what became known to be called New Age. So, folks, when you use the term New Age, don't tell me what New Age is. Hmm? You know, I because now, you know something, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and, and you know, People have to say, well, that's New Age. You don't know what New Age is. You think you know what New Age is, but you've got, you don't have a clue. I got a couple of emails saying, well, you can't be promoting New Age. No, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And I, you know, I'm serious. Okay. Cause that, that came, that was a hot topic a while back. Oh, you're promoting New Age. No, you don't know the origins of New Age. If you think New Age is is the utterance of a word, you know, man, I'll tell you, you better do some research and heavy-duty research because the origins of New Age is not 
this new new uh, new age Eastern mysticism. Well, sure, parts of it is, but you've got to understand the new age as it appears through the counterculture. You've got to understand um, the drug culture. What became what came to be called new age in the vernacular or today's vernacular. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then don't don't worry. But but these but 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 the the controlled delivery, the controlled environment, all of this that we've seen with respect to to the the rock concerts, the heavy metal music, the television programming, the war on all fronts, the the idea that we are being brainwashed, and you know the the morphing into the the, um, um, uh, the new culture now, the new drug culture, what eventually uh, it came to be called New Age the uh, psycho uh, mimetic yeah I can't pronounce my words meaning that they mimic certain aspects of psychosis for example drugs do through the use of hallucinogenic drugs one can in- induce temporary symptoms of psychosis and schizophrenia and, and, and personality changes and causing total alterations to the senses the intention for example of the LSD drug scene in the controlled environment it re- represented this was not by accident this was not some sort of American Spring of 1967, the Summer of Love that mimicked an American Spring. No, the Tavistock Institute had extremely uh, had, was extremely involved in this. They studied the relationship between the brain and behavior that was caused by the use of these drugs. Later on, the knowledge gleaned from this research I gotta tell you, was channeled in the marketing, things like MTV radio stations and classic oldies songs from I don't know, a half a decade ago to a quarter decade ago, and it was targeted at the adult population. What I'm telling you is several, numerous bunches of, of Tavistock studies showed that, um, for example, a song or a piece of music associated with one's childhood heard later in life could, could, could actually call forth memories and associations that, of that earlier period and encoded Memories of popular music in the listener were recalled when he or she heard the same piece of music. What I'm trying to tell you is there's a trigger mechanism built into everything that we're seeing today. And yes, there is a war, and this is part of the war, and it, 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 it's, it is so insidious, and it is a programming at levels, ladies and gentlemen, that you cannot even begin to believe. And one of the greatest uh, explanations of, of these programming levels is, is uh, and, and I referred to this book many, many times, is Daniel Estelin's The Tavistock Institute of Social Engineering of the Masses. If you haven't gotten it, uh, definitely get it because it'll open your eyes. And that and that will tell you, for example, the, the New Age. That will tell you about the programming. That will tell you about the war. That will tell you about the erosion of Judeo-Christian principles. That will tell you about the institution of the pagan ideas and satanic ideas. That will tell you everything. Everything about how our ideas and opinions are being shaped, molded, and twisted to the to the most insidious degree. And only then, when you understand the brainwashing aspect, can you understand the scope, nature of the war. And then you'll understand, in my view at least, why we are a bunch of sheep, or I should say goats. <laughs> being turned into a bunch of goats from sheep or why we're being uh, a bunch of docile sheep I guess I'm mixing my metaphors here 
but, but see, the war on many fronts is so ingrained in our society that, that, that really one of the biggest things is to cause, is to cause this, um, confusion through the use of programming, through the use of drugs, through the use of, of entertainment, through the use of news, through the use of iPhones, iPads, through the use of technology that we're using today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to get off on a, on a rant and a, and a no. sideshow here, but, but I just think it's so important that, that we understand the, the entirety and how we are being so brainwashed and so we are, we are being taught to love our servitude at levels that only people who really do the research on this can really begin to understand. And it's so frightening, uh, that if we don't have that spiritual balance and we're losing people to, 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 we're losing people without if you don't have that, that core spirituality, the, the, the basis of the Bible, then it's, you've got nothing. You've got, you've, you've got nothing. It, nothing else matters. Absolutely right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Very much so. And, um, we only have about 12 minutes left. I, I'm the, sorry, I dominated yeah, I this, you know. And I'm, I got going and I just, you should have yeah. hit me with a bat. No, I should have let you get oh, you know, for another 12 minutes. The, the, uh, you got to get one of those hooks to, to you know, stage hooks to, to pull me off. A couple of news items here I want to hit before we end the show, if you can believe this. The State Department is trying to delay the Clinton email release blaming the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. State Department on Friday sought to delay its final release of emails from Hillary Clinton's personal server, blaming a massive snowstorm hitting Washington as well as an internal oversight. A court filing, the department asked for federal court to delay by a month, the January 29th deadline for it to release the last batch of 55,000 of pages of Clinton emails believed to be work-related. The emails, thousands of which have been released on a monthly basis since last year, have become a constant headache for Clinton's front-runner Democratic presidential campaign. More of the 1,300 emails from the server of the former State Department's private email account have been classified, some at a level higher than top secret um, which others are saying in Washington that uh, the former attorney general is saying that, that they should indict her as well. Also this, I thought these last two pieces were interesting. This I saw earlier today and we started to get into it. Tunisia imposes nationwide curfew amid growing unrest. As we said, this was the country involved in the beginning of the uh, Arab Spring. Tunisia president vowed Friday to end the cycle of unrest that has pummeled towns across the county as authorities imposed a nationwide curfew five years after the nation, convulsed by protests, overthrew its longtime ruler and moved onto the road to democracy. President uh, hmm. Assebi warned that Tunisia could fall prey to Islamic State group militants in neighboring Libya, profiting from the instability. The violent demonstrations over unemployment opened a new front of concern yep. for Tunisia, already struggling from a... F- Foundering economy and the threat of terrorism after three major attacks last year. The week of increasingly violent demonstrations was triggered Sunday when a young man who was turned down for a government job claimed, climbed a transmission tower in protest and was electrocuted. His death had an unsettling residence. The suicide five years ago of another unemployed youth where he set himself on fire in Tunisia, which says led to the rise of Arab Spring or began the Arab Spring, as they say. But it's interesting here. Um, they go on to say the North African country has been the only Arab Spring nation to avoid a chaotic aftermath and take the road to democracy. 
See, okay, <laughs> the road to democracy. Is there anything wrong with that word, democracy? Because yes, democracy is. is mob rule. It's, you know, two guys and a girl in a, in a dark stairway voting whether to rape the uh, beautiful uh, uh, girl. You know, that's democracy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, to the immig- immigration crisis, the International Monetary Fund is recommending that a million European migrants from the Middle East and Africa be paid below minimum wage. An international organization argues undercutting the European labor market is the only feasible way to integrate the migrants. For the IMF, employment is the major means by which refugees will become economically economically integrated into their host countries. To accelerate their integration, the IMF recommends the implementation of temporary and limited uh, degradations of the minimum wage for refugees. The aim is the aim of this measure would be to redress the initial imbalance on the labor market between recent immigrants and the native population. As German economist Hans Warner Sinn notes, the huge influx of largely unskilled migrants will put pressure on wage of domestic low-skilled workers. Yep, that's right. He uses the United States as an example. In the U.S., there are 8.3 million native-born workers 18 years of age or older working full-time who have not completed high school. In addition, there are 3.4 million adult native-born Americans who lack high school education working part-time. There's a good deal of evidence that these workers are in direct competition with Mexican immigrants, reports the Center for Immigration (laughs) Studies. In 97, the Brookings Institution published a paper showing that natives and immigrants who do not have high school educations usually hold similar jobs and concluded that immigration had a significant adverse impact on wages. Mm. And it continues from there. Wow. Wow. See, okay, so all, all of this to say that we are we are at the cusp and we are at the we really are, you know the, the time is short. And, and, and yesterday we talked about the relief money to yeah, Iran, the one point yep. seven billion yep. in taxpayer money. Well, John Kerry made a statement about that today, saying that some sanction relief money for Iran will go to terrorism, and that's just the way it's going to have to be because there's nothing we can do about it. So well, okay, yeah, there is. You don't you don't send money, okay? You you cut off the flow of money. That's that. That's what we can do about it. But of course, that's not going to happen, and and it, because it, that's too simple of an explanation. And, and well, he, money is the yeah. blood of politics, of course. He says, I think that some will end up in the hands of the IRGG yep. um, or other entities, some of which are labeled terrorists. He said in the interview in Davos, which where he he is. Uh, referring to the Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, you know, to some degree, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every component can be prevented. No, well, well, look, if you're going to give money to a group, you know, yeah, um, you're not you're not going to be able to to have oversight over that money, and, and that's part of it. it it's uh, although when you walk away from a whole bunch of Toyotas and military equipment, um, when, when the enemy or when ISIS and uh, the Islamic terrorists are right, you know. 20 feet away. He says this, though. You can expect that. If we catch them funding terrorism, they're going to have a big problem with the United States Congress and other people. What are they going to do? Are they going to send them a harshly worded letter? Well, notice he doesn't say they're going to have a problem with the uh, State Department or the Obama administration. They say the United States Congress and other people. You know, know, all all of this, folks, here we are, 2016, 22 days in to, to the new year. Um, it, it's against the weekend. People are going to be, you know, enthralled in their television sets and have their heads so far in the sand or up there, you know, what's 
um, it, it's getting late and it's getting hard. To, it's getting more difficult right now to tell people the lateness of the hour. You got so many headlines to choose from. You got so many news stories to choose from. You got so many alternative outlets to look at. We only hope that we can bring you, and this is my closing comment for tonight. My only hope, folks, is that we bring you uh, the news that you can use in the context with the background, necessary background to understand what's taking place. Because if you don't understand where we're at today by, by through the context of history and through the context of biblical scripture, then we have not done our job. And it's, it's one thing to say, okay, well, you know, um, uh, ISIS is making advances here, or uh, North Korea sent off a, high, a bomb here. But it's another thing to say, or you know, morality in, uh, is in decline in America. We can say all of that. We know all of that. The headlines speak for themselves, basically, because they're dumbed down to speak for themselves, or at least to speak to the people who can only read 140 characters at a time and type with their thumbs. And if I ever see that, I just want to, you know, I just want to. Never mind. Um, uh, speaking of, you know what? Tell, I just want to throw this out there. And this is totally random. Okay, I was in. I was in the other day. It was a while back. It was I don't know several days ago. I was in a waiting room, I, kind of a captured environment. And I, I happened to be. Um, There's a TV on, a television on, and I was with my wife, and uh, uh, a sitcom was on. They had changed uh, some channel. The only sitcom I really today I like. I mean, I, I having seen it, limited. Last Man Standing. Anyone seen that? That's pretty cool. That's no. kind, of, kind of an interesting uh, sitcom. Uh, uh, Tim Allen and uh, Nancy Travis are the two two stars. The reason I mention that is because they were the the episode I saw. I don't know how. Apparently, it was an older episode. And I don't know how long. I don't know how long it's been on, but they were really uh, uh, the Tim Allen was really uh, cutting up Obama pretty good. But it was just—I just thought it was funny. I just—it was just really kind of weird. But anyway, and I hit this last article, ahead. and then, Go we'll, ahead. Uh, then we're out of here. For next the day. week, um, Bill Warner will be on with us Monday. Yes, you can go to his uh, YouTube channel, and he's made over ninety videos. Political Islam is the channel. Doctor Bill Warner um, is a businessman and professor. He's the director of the Center for the Study of Political Islam. He's the first person to use the scientific method to produce the first Quran that can be read and easily understood. He's also yep. made two other sacred texts of Islam, the Sirah, Muhammad's biography, and the Hadith, his transition yeah, the traditions. Simple to read and understand as well. He has written a dozen books on Islam. He's developed the first self-study course on Islam, the Foundation of Islam, and a three-level training, a self-study course on political Islam. Dr. Warner is a renowned national and international speaker on topics of Islamic doctrine and history. He'll be with us on Monday. Dr. Bill Warner, uh, Monday, you got to you got to tune in, man. And his website is politicalislam.com. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a great show. Just want to mention that. And Stan will be back with us also yeah. on uh, Tuesday. On Tuesday. Yeah, we got a great week lined up for you next week and you know what? Look, I just I want everyone to to really Do me a favor tonight. If you have children, hug your children. If they're if they're living away from you, give them a call. Tell them you love them. And if you got parents that are infirmed, drop in and see them. If you're estranged, and eh, think it might be time to time to pick up a phone or write a letter if that's your if that's what you want to do. And if you if you have children, take them for ice cream or take them for take them for a walk if you're in a good environment or. Have a snowball fight this weekend. Step away from the computer. 
step away from this. Absolutely. Get as many voices out of your head as possible. Or out of my head. Like you said earlier, you know, um, people subject themselves to to mind control uh, from what they subject themselves to, whether it's written, whether it's radio or TV. And we have to have the discernment. We have to have the uh, spiritual relationship with the Lord to get that discernment. That's right. Otherwise, we're not, I mean... You know what? Uh, all other information is useless without it. You know, tomorrow is not promised to us, and and we are. In, get the drama out of your lives. Don't 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 get hung up on drama. Get the uh, get get the minutia. Stop stop playing in the sandbox with with whiners and bullies. Okay, just get out of the sandbox. We're older than that. If you have a wife, guys, I'm sure she'd love a a rose or a couple of roses, wouldn't she? Surprise! Or a nice walk, or or, you know, yeah, or spent time. Exactly. Okay. If you have, cherish what you have with the relationships and the people that you have, because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't, and you know what. Please, if you like this program, tell others about it. And you know what? All we're trying to do is give you the information without hype, without BS, without saying that, you know, the world's going to fall upon you. You might might wake up tomorrow to a different world, but it's not going to end unless you, you know, unless you might... uh, not make it but the bottom line is this we're all we're all in this together mm-hmm. okay every one of us we're all in this together we're all part of god's family and i just want to say thanks thanks to Rhonda. god bless you Rhonda. you work so hard thanks jd thank you todd from global star radio thanks steve Whale. thank you pastor langford thank jd thank eric joe god bless you my friend and i just want to give a great shout out to my wife and my lovely daughter Thanks to all the listening audience out there. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. This is the Global Star Radio Network.